Become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. gold pony boy all right i'll try not to die (laughs) is it outsiders never say die or is that somebody else that's the goonies oh yeah okay outsiders are totally willing to die (laughs) yeah i think outsiders die left and right don't they Mm -hmm. (laughs) was that a sneeze that was uh, a cough from the other side of the room Oh, I was about to say bless you, but you don't bless coughs because... No, Natalie has tuberculosis. Oh, my God. Yeah, But when you cough, none of your soul leaves your body. It's only sneezes. It's only sneezes whenever your soul leaves. Coughs, uh, um, a little bit of Satan enters you. You know what's funny is I notice a lot of times Heather doesn't bless me when I sneeze. And I'm like, hello, my soul is floating towards the ceiling. Help me! Oh, yeah, what you. was the story oh, behind that? They, like, whenever you sneeze, your heart stops? Allegedly. Yeah, but that's not true, though. Yeah. Oh, we all know it's true, Steve. I always, like, picture when you yeah. when you sneeze, like, you, the ghost version of you, your soul is it's, flying out. It's just, like, it's kind of like Frighteners or something. You're flying towards the ceiling. Well, here I'm thinking of uh, Casper. And someone says, bless you, and it goes, whoop, leaps it back in your body, it. and you're like, oh, it's shit. Like, oh, damn, foiled again. It's like the uh, sneezing with your eyes open, you can't do it, or your eyes will pop out. <laughs> well, let's so start, weird. start the show, guys. This this yeah. conversation is gold. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to hear this. Yeah. to Entertainment Landfill, film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. the show it is time for entertainment landfill how's it going everyone uh etl daily whatever you want to call it i don't remember what the show is called (laughs) it's been so long i don't think it matters do you guys remember what um episode we're on 315 16 no i'm talking about etl daily oh (laughs) um uh 32 so this is ETL Daily episode 25. See? There you go. I know. Welcome, Stephen. Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. And Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. Hello. It's great to talk to you guys, man. It's been a while. Yes. You know, I uh, I just wanted to bring up the, I released the 
um, the worst of Cake Boss, which was eight hours of Cake Boss. <laughs> and yet you didn't call it Cereal Treats. <laughs> because I called the previous episode Cereal Treats. Oh, that's right. ETL Daily episode 24. So I was like, Cereal Treats, that'll be a good episode name. And then when I had the Cake Boss thing I was working on, I was like, I can't call it Cereal Treats. It'll be confusing It'll now. Confuse people, yeah. But I like the idea. I couldn't. I was like the best of Cake Boss. And I was like, there's something wrong with that sentence, isn't no, there? No, there is no best. <laughs> it's the worst of Cake Boss. And I'm not kidding because uh, I had to go back and listen to the master tapes of those yeah. uh uh, episodes and Ugh. I had to create wave files of each clip I found and I'm not kidding that folder was like 30 gigabytes <laughs> <laughs> that's like huge file like you've just fr fr fragmented the shit out of your hard drive <laughs> and uh, it was so funny that I got to the point where you know that part in Real Genius where it's a little montage where they're all studying for finals yeah and this one guy goes, ah, ah, and he starts freaking out and he runs out of the room and everyone just kind of looks and they go back to what they're doing. That's what I felt like working on that cake boss. Cause <laughs> I would hear certain segments over and over again. At first it was amusing. And I was like, Oh, this is great. Such nostalgia for the show. And then I was like, ah, I can't take it anymore. Too much cake boss. Uh, it was just like, Oh my God, I can't take it anymore. There were some things that cracked me up so much because I hadn't heard them in so long that I would get teary-eyed, you know, <laughs> when we would be making fun of something. Aww. And uh, teary-eyed out of laughter. not because oh, I, was like, I thought you were sad. <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> no, I was laughing. The worst part, it, there was parts where I was... I was laughing at myself. <laughs> That's, That's even, the best. I totally forgot about my whole spiel on, uh, you know, someone brought it up on Facebook, and I, I, I love that they did, was when, uh, you know, Mama, she was like, you know, you may be the cake boss, but I'm the real boss. She would do that. And I go, uh, who runs but a cake boss town? Mama Blaster! And it was just so stupid. <laughs> I, just, I thought it was so funny. I was like, ah, oh, Jason, man, that shit was gold. <laughs> God rest her soul. Uh, she's still alive! <laughs> <laughs> Your heart was in the right place, though. <laughs> she was still alive in the most recent Cake Boss I watched. That, oh, well, that's good to hear. I wish her nothing but the best. And she's, she's looking better. I think. Oh, good. Whatever I remember, they had an episode where she went to like Switzerland or something for some kind of tr experimental treatment. But she, she looks like all right. LS, right? Lou Gehrig's disease. Yes, Buddy must have paid for that with his uh, touring money. Yeah, because apparently it costs a lot of money for those tickets, doesn't it? Tickets and treatment. Now I want to. I have a few things I want to talk about, but uh, on this episode, guys. Uh, but first, I wanted to ask you guys what you've been up to. Steven, I know you've been trapped in Buffalo for weeks, right? Weeks and weeks, yes. Weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, uh, for two weeks in a row, you were like, I won't be home in time to do a show. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. But uh, tell me, what's going on in Buffalo? A shit storm of work, is what <laughs> I'll call it. It's Wait, you're in Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah, I was in Buffalo. 
What does the buffalo sound like? Um, I don't know. Somewhat. Okay. I would assume. Sounds good. But uh, yeah, the it's just a terrible, terrible thing happening up there with the hospitals. So they're bringing me our company in. Was there a buffalo stampede? (laughs) It should be stampeded and just started. Are you miserable at work right now? Um, I. No, because I don't mind what I'm doing, but it's just the people I'm having to work with, it just makes it worse. Um, what's happened is people came in and just started installing equipment and didn't really map out their networks. So we're having to go back. And then they just started treating people for diseases. And, and we had to, me and this, me and my coworker had to go in there and map out the hospital. And there's like a hundred hospitals up there that you, are you, unmapped. You know that part in Die Hard where the guy's chainsawing the telephone lines? Does yes. it kind of look like that, what you're working on? <laughs> All the wires and stuff? Not exactly, but you know. Does it yeah. feel like that yeah, complicated? Yeah, it feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're like, nine, 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 and ring, ring, with the chainsaw. Yeah, when you go into a closet and, you know, just cables are everywhere and it's, nothing's labeled. It's uh, like, all right, how, where is these connected to? You know, what I are went we through doing? something similar. Who was the subcontractor uh, uh, that's responsible for that shit? I, I can't really name it. I, <laughs> oh. I, mean, I can identify this with Steven because when I got my PS4, I couldn't figure out where the HDMI cable were for the PS3 was in the TV. Is it kind of like that? <laughs> but like, like if you had a what is wrong with this rat's nest? Okay, just imagine twenty TVs in different closets, and all you know, but a hundred cables to every one of them. Oh my god! So basically, you just have to unhook everything and then rerun everything. No, we can't nope. unhook anything because you've got it's a live network. Oh, so are you, like, standing in one room, and then the guy's standing in the other room, and you, like, unplug something and go, anything now? <laughs> yeah, no, that can't happen. <laughs> Some, no, but this guy just flatlined. No, one of our one of uh, my coworkers has a, uh, what's called a snooping tool, and, and uh, he's, he goes in and looks, pulls out all the MAC addresses and matches them to ports, and then we do it. It's kind of that way. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. But I like the idea of unplugging things and asking if anything was. Actually, we, we, there oh. is some instances where we did do that, but it's oh, a, see? it is a non-critical. <laughs> yeah, just on antennas or access points. <laughs> just on the access points to see. Okay, is this the right one? Light goes out. Yep, that's it. Some guy's like, oh, you're like, oh, not that one. Plug it back in. No, I wouldn't do a, a hardwired bed. A hardwired room, you know, a bedside monitor, but right. uh, an antenna is no problem. Wow, okay. That sounds, sounds like so much fun. Yeah, so what's there to do in Buffalo when you're off work, or do you just go back to your hotel immediately? We've been working, I, I like, last week before last, or last week I worked 80 hours, so there was no time for fun. Damn, change. And so when I'm texting you, I'm like, hey, Steven, have you seen there's a new <laughs> MST Kickstarter? You're like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm really busy right now. <laughs> if you see, I, if you've texted me and I didn't answer you for hours, that's, I, I'm just losing my mind. We know yeah. that Steven's at the anchor bar just eating wings. <laughs> I, have been, I have been there. 
I did go there. Oh, I nice. To, I went to How the wings? Were the wings the best wings you ever had? They're really good, yes. Are they good? Oh, wow. Yes. I went to the original one downtown and uh, been to the one in the airport a few times. Oh, the airport wings. Mm, those are the best. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's not bad either. But, uh, yeah, I went to Niagara Falls. I went to... I went down to the uh, arena. Nice. The, the uh, Buffalo, the Sabres weren't playing there. They were out of town. Right. And so, but they were playing. Yeah, you this. take, there was a night, the Buffalo Sabres were playing here in Dallas. And you were like, I'm in Buffalo. And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, wait, they're here in Dallas. <laughs> He's not at a game or <laughs> you were just there at the arena. The, the, yeah. The, Have you ever had a job in Delaware? Have you ever been there yet? <laughs> I'm in Buffalo. I'm, Delaware? Yes. Hi. Well, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> I haven't worked in Delaware itself, but I have been in there. <laughs> Best thing about Delaware is no sales tax. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. Whenever, whenever I had a job in uh, Cambridge, Maryland, on the weekends, my dad and I would drive into Salisbury... Or solid. I always called it Salisbury. That's but where I they heard, invented the steak. Yeah, exactly. And I would I ask around, have you have you seen any steak? And mm. I would get punched in the face. Stephen, have you ever you've been to Hawaii before, right? Yes. Mukalakahiki, come on, you want to lay me? Pass the point, mahalo. Point, mahalo. Oh, nice. That's what happens when you get off the plane. Now, I want to help Bill. I want to catch up with you. What's up with you, man? Haven't talked school. to you in so long. So much school. Uh, in fact, today was a uh, lab practical for my uh, occupational therapy foundations class, which was slightly stressful. I think the best thing about school is they give you exam reviews to be like, you need to know this stuff. Be prepared to know this stuff. And you spend a week on flashcards, notes, going through it all, and then you get to the exam, and half the stuff is, isn't even on there. Oh. And it's always and it's always the stuff that you studied the most or you comprehended the most. Does it feel like you're being conned? It does. It does. Today, I uh, we had two minutes per each question, and I'm like writing down all this stuff, and then halfway through, I'm still thinking about the questions I was on previously, mm-hmm. and I just ended up erasing everything to the point where I ran out of eraser in my mechanical pencil, and then wrote little notes beside it so that at the end of the test, I could then go back uh, and redo everything. And it was just, yeah, I, I've never been a good student. You know, my parents were non-existent at no point in time. Did I ever come home from school and have them go, do you have homework? You can't watch TV until you do your homework. Go to, oh, you yeah, know, sort yeah. of stuff. Oh, so I have no structure. It <laughs> watch yeah. TV anyway. I, you, know, th- you know what's funny? I'm not trying to get off subject here, but at Emma's school, they do have homework, but they do it where you, when you get it, you turn it in the following Wednesday. So I'm like, make sure you get that homework done by Wednesday. And Emma was doing not working on it until like Tuesday. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're don't, not... don't let her fall into that trap. Yeah, I'm I like, do you're that totally to this screwing day. yourself. I'm telling you, 
Because you I have a soap it. note. Uh, this like uh, subjective or subjective objective. Uh, I can't even remember what the hell soap stands for at this point. My mind is so fried, uh, and it's. I believe it was due on Tuesday, and I still have to do it. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm overdue for it at this point. Do you feel like and, this at school, Bill? No. <laughs> Yep, I I have thought about posting that scene from Real Genius multiple times. Or this one was actually from summer school. Remember, That's he's it. like uh, tension breaker had to be done. <laughs> yep. Tension breaker. Yeah, the, the, the horror film guys. Yeah. So yeah. just school. I even went to school early today so that I could just sit down and try to go over stuff, and that was moderately successful, but. It's I, I'm just I'm just starting to get the swing of it. It's only been my second semester back at school and it's just it's 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 really difficult. It's I haven't had time to really play anything, do anything. It's like Natalie was asking me the other day, it's like, you know, whenever we first met, you were always doing fun stuff, listening to records, playing games, going to movies and all and what happened? And I was like, uh school happened. Like it no sucks the, is worth this. It sucks the joy out of everything because all yeah. you can ever think about is, uh, am I prepared? Do I know this enough? And then whenever I'm sitting there, like I'm trying to finish Mad Max uh, before I can even think about playing Fallout 4. And even when I'm sitting there playing Mad Max, I'm thinking there's other things I should be doing. Right. It's like I can't enjoy it. I can't get into the story because I'm I'm always thinking, well, there's stuff I should be doing around the house or there's stuff I should be ever, doing. I've had to do school. where I, I set time limits for myself. Like, I'm going to play for one hour. I'll even set the microwave timer. When that thing beeps, yeah. I've got to turn the game off. And- I've started doing that. The other night, I set it for 40 minutes because I had to take – like, I had to take my mind out of something. And it was like – it was like 9.20. And I set up for 40 minutes so that at 10 p.m. it would go off and I would go to bed because I had to get up at, you know, 7 a.m. the next morning to go to class. That's the other thing I can't stand is Mondays are the worst. Like I've become a walking cliche because I have to get up at 6 a.m. to make class by 8 a.m. And I don't get out of there until noon. And it's like Sunday. I dread Sundays. I I positively dread them now. It's like back to when you were in uh, elementary school or high school. I've regressed. You know, you would think that as an adult, you would get used to these things and be like, okay, yeah, I can do this. This is wonderful. I'm I'm, I'm making the best of my life and I'm going to become an occupational therapy assistant and move on to better things. And, And then Sunday rolls around. It's like, oh. Oh, God, I hate my life. Screw this, yeah. Yeah, I'm constantly fighting that feeling in the back of my mind. Dude, I do that about everything. I do that even about when I have to get a haircut. Do I really want to do this? Do I want to leave the house? (laughs) Yeah. I wait to get a haircut until I have a a, a partial mullet. There's a wear bitch in your study. (laughs) Okay. This is a weird context there, whatever that is. So, Bill, it's so great to have you and Steven here. We don't have to talk about this stuff anymore. Let's talk about things that make us happy. Am I right? Yes. But By the way, this kind of came out of nowhere. I had no idea 
that Joel Hodgson was going to launch a Mystery Science Theater Kickstarter, I had no clue until it happened. You know what? There were inklings of it. There were rumors of it because I remember uh, there was word that Shout Factory was approaching uh, Jim Mallon to buy the rights back or right. just buy the rights to Mystery Science Theater 3000 because he's owned them for in quite possibly one of the worst business deals anyone could have made. Uh, Jim Mallon has owned the rights to MST3K for ages. And right. Uh, Shout Factory was, they were dropping little hints and it was just amazing that they finally came through. I don't know the details of it, but it sounds like it's worked out well for everyone involved. What it sounds like to me is that they got all of the rights. They like Jim Mallon has nothing to do with it anymore is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. But I have no way of proving that, but it sounds like. Like because the way Joel worded it in his first post, it sounds like he waited until they had all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And now, finally, uh, like even Rift Tracks are selling original episodes now that you can uh, buy, and they even emphasize. And now we get a percentage, which basically means Joel, uh, Jim Mallon was totally screwing the old cast, wasn't he? Yeah, he was getting 100% of the profits. And, you know, I was reading that History of MST kind of article. I kind of posted a link to it. Uh, I kind of did. No, I did. You did. Uh, I'm reminding myself when I was in jury duty and I would never answer in absolutes and I was driving them nuts. Kind of. No, you have to speak specifically. But it's an article on Wired about the definitive oral history of a TV masterpiece. And Jim Mallon said... 50 50 you run the creative i run the business side and joel was like okay if you could go back in time you go no don't shake hands yeah absolutely he was he was satan in disguise because essentially joel was so defeated by jim mallon that he just gave up the show you know back when he left and uh, it's really sad when you think about that, that uh, well, he, he gave up what he created. I mean, when you go back and look at those original KTMA episodes uh, of, you know, whenever Josh Weinstein and Trace Beaulieu were doing the Mads uh, bits in the TV control room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the, in, in the, the he created the bots. He created everything about that. And he created everything to, creative with the show. Yeah, yeah. And to have that stripped away from him and, and to be so defeated that you would be willing to walk away from it just so you wouldn't yeah. have to deal with it anymore. It's not that he didn't take his ball and go home. He left his ball and went home. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, keep my football or whatever, okay. you know, which was unfortunate because... When you think about it, if you look back at the history, I don't know, maybe Jim Mallon provided something besides the voice of, uh, um, what's her face? What was Gypsy. He? Gypsy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but all he did was run a crappy TV station. That was his part of it, you know? Yeah. And he stayed like a part of it. And I didn't even know this till recently. I've been reading about a lot of the history of Mystery Science Theater this week, Bill, is that he tried to launch some kind of mystery science theater flash cartoon that everyone hated. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. It, Cause he, he, he owned, you know, he owned 
everything about it. You know, Joel may have created it, but he owned it all. So he started doing these flash cartoons on on an MST3K website, and they were painful. And he didn't even have any of the original voices or nobody that had to do with the show wrote those flash cartoons either. No. So people are like, oh, why? Because so- by then, Mike, uh, Mike Nelson had also uh, distanced himself from it. And uh, Trace Beaulieu and Kevin Murphy, uh, all the guys that were, or, uh, and um, Mary Jo Peel, all the ones that were involved uh, with the show had left. Right. Uh, yeah, once it was canceled, they had to move on to other things. You know, Mike, he created uh, Riff Tracks, and he owns Riff Tracks, you know, himself now. Mm-hmm. And I was reading different comments by the different creators. Whoever came out on um, Twitter or whatever. And he said he had nothing to do with Mystery Science Theater, although he had a great time in his life and all that. He didn't own any of Mystery Science Theater, and he's not made any money, barely any money since. So he, But he owns Rift Tracks. So it's kind of like what he's saying is there, why would I go back and do any of that? You know, because I don't yeah, own it. Yeah, it was, honestly, his, his response was a little pissy, but he had, uh, he had recourse for it. Yeah, basically, I, they haven't been making any money off of it since the show got canceled, is what it sounds like. Yeah. And so I can understand a little bit, but uh, what Joel was saying, he, you know, I haven't hired anybody because we have to wait till we raise the amount. Right. And then we know we're coming back for, I, I think, what was it? In a, just a few days, they raised the $2.2 million, which was, or no, the $2 was- million. The two million was twenty four hours, I believe. Yeah, it was really fast, and that was cool. Right now, it's at two point three million. It's almost two point four million. It's two million three hundred ninety eight thousand, and it, it's probably going to hit uh, two point four tonight. So it's just like slowly increasing every time I look at it, you know. And um, but anyway, like I think you posted about it you or you sent me a message about it and i was like what the hell and i went and watched the video and i thought that was cool and uh immediately i noticed of course the bots they have different voices and sure whatever silhouetted man is there that's not joel's voice so you're wondering oh what's going on with there oh did he just hire these voices to do the video or whatever but then as you read what uh joel is saying he's kind of in the video, you kind of get a hint, an inkling, but then he goes ahead and comes out and says, there's going to be a whole new cast to the show. You know, this is like, a, think of it as a new season with a whole new cast. And at first, you know, when you think about it, it makes sense. Do you want to, I can see, you know, think Joel is like, do you really want to see me, an older Joel, there on the satellite of love? No, you want to see a young guy there, or whatever, or whatever he's thinking. And I, the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess a whole new cast would be kind of a whole new, fresh take, or whatever. Right. That's cool. That's cool. You know, I, I got that. At first, maybe I was like, oh, okay, because I was like, will Joel come back to the satellite of love? But no, he doesn't. He's not interested in that. I think he wants no. to be like a writer and come up with bits and all that stuff. But he uh, wants a whole new cast. How do you feel about that, Bill? You know what? I'm I'm totally willing to accept it. It's uh. It's one of those things where Joel and that crew 
kind of tested the waters with the uh, cinematic Titanic, which was fantastic. Yeah, it uh, was very funny. I, I'm still disappointed that we won't see two of those live episodes that they did, the uh, Astral Factor, and there was another one uh, that I was waiting to see released, but I don't believe that's happening. Uh, but the they tested the waters, it worked out, and I think it's time. I, I know uh, Frank is off doing his own thing with uh, Trace now, uh, where they're touring, and although I'll miss their certain quality, like I, my favorite crow will always be Trace Bolu's crow. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a big kid, and but I think it's it's definitely time to bring some new blood into it, and especially the generation of people that grew up on it. Yeah. So if they can if they can add to that and actually have good writers as opposed to Rift Tracks, who has some of the worst writers on the face of the earth. A lot of people aren't admitting that, though. I noticed, like, when, you know, I was, first thing I said to you is, will Rift Tracks acknowledge this, do you think? Like, hey, guys, you guys ought to chip in, or, hey, you guys love Mystery Science Theater. Look, they've got a Kickstarter. But they did finally post, and I looked for negative comments, and there were some, of course. Mike is the only true riffer. You know, Rift Tracks is all I need. I don't need any new incarnation and stuff. But one thing we know is geeks and nerds or whatever, change is horrible for anything different. We like what we like. If you try to introduce something new, screw you, you know. Whenever they, you know, announce a new Star Trek, I'm going to piss all over it. Yeah, it's the nostalgia factor. We can't let go. Yeah, yeah. And... Eventually we do. Sometimes we do it kicking and screaming. And I'm not, I'm not including me on this because I didn't mind. <laughs> you know? I thought about it for a second. I didn't think to post. This is an outrage. I think that the original MST's legacy will be destroyed by this. You know, first of all, I've always trusted- there were plenty of posts about. Yeah, yeah. There was plenty of people saying stuff like that. But um Joel is the father of MST, so if he wants to reboot it, he can. It's kind of like if a studio bought Mad Max and they rebooted it, I would be like, ugh, screw them. But it's friggin' George Miller who created it wants to do it, then okay, you know? If the creator wants to do it, he can. And by the way, Joel said, once we have the funds and we know we're coming back for three episodes, then I can start hiring people. And he wants to hire writers and stuff, so he may bring back certain MST people that are willing to come back. Oh, I'm sure there. He still has very close relationships with everyone involved. That I'm guessing everyone involved, that including the Rift Tracks people. And even uh, if they show up in cameos in an episode, I think would be hilarious. You know? Yeah, they're old characters. Doctor Forrester shows up, and TV's Frank, but they pass the reins to somebody else. And uh, he, one time, you know, when I watched it, and I realized, okay, the people, the voices in this Kickstarter video are the new voices. I realized that. Who the hell are these people? And I was listening, like I couldn't recognize any of them. And I remember I said to you, Bill, please don't let any of these guys be. Uh, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. (laughs) And what was so funny is that Jonah Ray, who's on the Nerdist podcast, was announced as the host. But I was like, okay, I can handle Jonah Ray. I can't handle Chris Hardwick. (laughs) Yeah, Jonah Ray is one of the snarkiest nerds there is, but it's a good snark. 
Yeah, I, well, I think he fits that role of uh, being the. Uh, what would you even call that that character? Uh, the bots leader. Uh huh. Yeah, I could see him totally. I could see him in the spot. And one thing Joel said that you know when he first met him, he did the Nerdist podcast, and he asked uh, Jonah if he would write. Uh, um, some kind of thing he was doing, you know, he was going to give a speech or something or talk in front of a crowd. <laughs> I don't remember what he says, but Jonah helped him write it. And he was like, wow, we really bounced things off of each other really well. I really like to work with him." So that was who he thought. And, uh, I was like, you know, I asked you, is that the nerdist guy? And you were like, yeah. So I went and I started watching stuff on YouTube with him. And I was like, what? And I remembered he was on Conan, not too long ago with Kamel Najani when yeah. they do a show on Comedy Central. The Meltdown. The Meltdown. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Because they were talking about uh, horror stories of doing stand-up. And then I watched him on the Indoor Kids where he was playing Punch-Out with them. Yeah. Which is hilarious if you ever watch that video on YouTube where he's playing uh, Punch-Out. Uh, and I was like, he'll, he'll be fine, you know. And of course, what are some people naturally say is like, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> you know, of course. I just wonder if I wonder if any MST3K nerds that love uh, Joss Whedon will now be alienated by the casting of Jonah Ray. Oh, uh, yeah. He tells a fantastic on the podcast episode of Indoor Kids. He tells a story. He had a run in with Joss Whedon that was so funny that you ought to go and listen to it. I don't, I couldn't do it just to tell the story, but basically he s said something jokingly sexist to Joss Whedon. Who's a very a feminist guy. You know, he's uh, for the feminist movement and all that stuff. But Joss Whedon took total offense to what oh he said. Oh my God. Did he ever? And he, and then he takes to Twitter. He to took it to Twitter. Jonah Ray. And yeah. And Jonah Ray was like, dude, what the hell, man? I was, People are, some people are like, you know, he's a comedian, right? You know, but it, it's funny. I totally identified with that when sometimes you're in a room and you say something funny, but somebody gets offended and you're like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm totally screwed. And I always come back to that. That It always makes me think of that time. I think I brought this up on the show a long time ago, Stephen, but you didn't remember. But I said something jokingly about rape. Which we all know is a very serious oh, subject. Jesus, yeah. But it was at MJ Designs in the framing department. And, you know, there's girls working back there or whatever. There's people coming back and forth through the, the department. And I don't remember what I said, but of course it was really stupid. And I didn't mean it. And I was being, I was trying to be funny. And Gary goes, no, wait, what did you say? I was like, well, you know, it'd suck if I got raped or something. No, we don't joke about rape, Jason. You know, people are stopping what they're doing and they're looking at me and looking at him and I'm starting to turn red. And he's like, rape is serious. You don't joke about that. It has nothing to do with sex or being attracted. It has to do with violence and wanting to, 
you know, uh, beat someone down or I'm like, okay, dude, I was kidding, whatever. And he's How like, old making, were you? He's making an example. I was like a teenager, like you 19, 18, 19. Yeah. And he's totally like, just, I'm like, like red face. Like and Gary said this. Yes. It was Gary. And he was making <laughs> an example out of me in front of other people. And it was so embarrassing. I was like, I didn't mean anything. I just said, I'm dumb. I was just kidding or whatever. I don't even remember what I said, but, um, I imagine Jonah Ray was standing there as Joss Whedon was like, not cool, dude. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, I was joking. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, honk, honk, I'm a comedian, here. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just saying I can identify with Jonah Ray where all of a sudden you're called out. Luckily, Twitter didn't exist. Then Gary yeah. could go, Jason said, this. oh, my God, I don't think it's funny or something. And be like, oh, yeah, you think rape's funny, Jason? It's like, no, I don't. I never said that. You know, it's misconstruing what I said. I said the word rape in a sentence. All right. It happens. And I should have been a smart ass. Like, whoa, whoa, Gary, getting kind of close. Are you trying to rape me or something? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like, make it worse. <laughs> you're getting a little violent. It feels yeah, like you're going to rape you're me. You're trying to beat me down and put me in my place, right? You're trying to <laughs> dominate me. That's what it sounds like. So anyway, um, so I guess some people were fans of Joss Whedon and follow him on Twitter. Were like, "Yeah, that guy's a dick." <laughs> All I'm saying is this: if if, jo- if Joel says he's fine, then he's fine. In yeah, my, he's fine. My book. There we go. And I think I know who the mad is. Just who from is it? Some people. Uh, here's the rumor. Okay, look at. Have you seen the silhouette? The next mad. Yeah, it, it, made like me, a, it honestly made me think of, like, uh, Felicia Day yes, for some reason. That's the rumor. That's what everyone's saying. They think it's Felicia Day. That would that would make total sense. And the what? here's what Joel said. He would like for this cast to do, like, 100 episodes and then bring in a new cast again. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to move the mic out of my mouth before I burped, and then I just made a disaster. But it was too late. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, you guys didn't hear that, right? <laughs> so um, so Felicia Day is the rumor. Uh, Baron Vaughn for Tom Servo and another comedian, I forget. Uh, I, I told you who it was earlier, but I don't remember. Um, his name is like Hampton something, something rather, but he's rumored to be uh, Crow. And actually, when you watch the video, I like Crow's voice. Mm-hmm. I think he's good. Uh, but, you know, it's cool. Okay, whole new cast. He wants to do, he wants to raise uh, $5.5 million to do 12 episodes. Uh, right now, like, if you look at the, it, there's 21 days to go. They've raised two, basically, while we're doing the show, it's going to hit $2.4 million. I think they'll definitely hit the 3.3 million goal. But if I think if he were to announce, like, here's the rest of the cast, Felicia Day, these other two comedians, I think fans of those people will get excited and really bump up the Kickstarter, don't you? Don't you? Well, think? I think that's what they're doing. I think they're waiting for it to taper off a little bit, and then they'll make the next announcement, and it'll shoot up. They have 21 days. When they announced Jonah Ray, I noticed it bumped up. Like, all those Nerdist fans started donating, you know? And once, you know, the all the, uh, what's Felicia Day's company called? The 
Geek, uh, and, geek sundry. and Sundry. All the Geek and Sundry people are going to pop up. That is if she is. Sometimes when you read uh, people's comments and they're like, yeah, uh, Felicia Day is going to be the next mad. And you're like, is this person full of shit or yeah, that makes sense. You got to weigh that, you know, but yeah. to me it makes sense. And the silhouette, I can almost picture her there. You that's know? the first thought name I thought of whenever I saw the silhouette. I was like, either that's Felicia Day or it's the Winter Soldier. That's shape of that hair. <laughs> Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Sebastian he's going to reprise his role as the Winter Soldier. But he's the mad. He's the winter mad or something. And Bill Mad stands for Mad Scientist, right? Yes. Okay, just just checking. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. You kind of like were telling me uh, a couple of episodes to watch. You know, yeah, I, sure. I watch the dinosaur King Dinosaur, <laughs> which I thought the was lippert, hilarious. The Lippert Lizard. Yeah, I love when Tom keeps singing the Teddy Bear Picnic as they're running through the uh, jungle. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. And then you told me to watch um, the Double Double O Seven, Double Double O Seven with uh, Sean Connery's brother. Yeah, which I kind of it was hard to get through it. Oh, parts. it's painful, <laughs> but their their parts are funny. I love when they have a flow chart of it was one of the bits in between of Sean Connery's career and the brother, and Sean Connery's arcs upward and his brother arcs downward. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. And it, it was kind of mean, too, but uh, that was hilarious. There's always a mean-spirited vibe to, uh, especially, you know, it, it was a subtle mean-spirited vibe to the Joel era, whereas the Mike era was just straight cynicism. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the Joel era was always a little, <laughs> a little bit mean. And one thing, uh, PBS every Saturday has been airing old mystery science theaters. Oh yeah. And Emma and I, I, each time we've started to watch them, we start getting sleepy halfway. Cause it's at midnight <laughs> and yeah. then around one o'clock. I'm like, all right, I gotta go to bed. How PBS is showing mystery science theater 3000 at midnight. Whenever I was a kid, they showed doctor who and, uh, yeah. uh Red dwarf. Yeah. How cool is it though? I, I went to sleep, uh, um, Heather and Emma stayed up and they were watching, uh, I forgot what it was. The, I forgot what the most recent episode was. Damn it. Um, but I could hear them laughing as I was going to sleep. And I was like, this is great. You know, Emma's like the new generation of uh, MST fans, you know. Oh, was it the Unearthly? With yeah, the Tor Unearthly. Johnson and uh, John Carradine? Mm-hmm. That's the famous episode of Tor Johnson walking into the room and going, time for go to bed. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but it starts out with posture pals about how to have a good posture. And that was hilarious. Yeah, that that's one of those episodes that the movie's so short that they, they there's two shorts before it. Yeah. And the shorts were always my favorite part of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, there was one about how kids need to um, basically help their parents out. Clean up your room, pick up clothes off the floor. And Heather was like, this is actually helpful for her to be watching. <laughs> <laughs> She really needs to watch this. <laughs> Emma's just like uh, rolling her eyes, but um, I, I'm excited about this. I think it's really awesome. Yeah, I I need to uh, pick which episode for you to watch next because okay, I was wait. I was trying to think back through all the episodes, and I think I think you've seen the majority of the uh, Sandy Frank uh, Japanese imports. 
like uh, Fugitive Alien and all the cameras. I definitely haven't seen all the cameras. Okay. Like I, I know Corn Job. Corn Job, yeah, that's uh that's which camera is that? God, I can't even remember which oh, You know what? I think it's Gamera versus uh Gearon. You know what's I've also noticed PBS has shown 3 episodes so far, 3 weeks, you know, and they've all been Joel episodes. I've yet to see a Mike one yet. Yeah, but, I wonder what their I would like to know what their rights are on them. And I and that's an, another thing. Now that we know that Joel or Joel and uh, Shout Factory have the rights or they're just it sounds like they're treating Joel really well. You know, they bought the rights for him. As yeah, well. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Joel has any full control, but Shout Factory, uh, they've done such great things with so many television series uh, from the 80s and even prior to that. Uh, all of their, I'm always impressed with their releases. They've got, they've also got Scream Factory, which is yeah. releasing a bunch of fantastic cult films from the 70s and 80s uh, horror films. Uh, but Shout Factory just seems like one of those companies that I would die to work for. Yeah, because they look like, out for the filmmakers and right. the creators. They respect the creators. And uh, the one thing that makes me sad that the fact that they basically bought out Jim Mallon is he probably made so much money out of the oh, deal. Oh, sure he did. Like, okay, you could have it for um, $50 million. They're like, all right, here you go. Here's the ch-. And it's like, oh, you're giving this guy $50 million? I don't know how much it was. Right, but. Right. Can you imagine, like, oh, that would just, like, you're basically paying this dick who had nothing to do with it just to get it back. Basically, what separated, uh, what made Joel mad is they came up with the idea of, like, okay, when this ends here, our TV show, we could do movies, like, once a year or something, right? And uh, Joel had the idea of, like, you know, it could be like Star Trek, like we do a theatrical thing once a year. And Jim Mallon said, well, I'm writing uh, or he, Jim Mallon said, I'm directing it. And Joel was like, uh, I thought I was a creative guy. Why would you be de- directing it? He's like, I'm, pro- I'm the producer and I'm directing it. And he was like, well, if you're directing it, I'm gone. And that was it. I would have, I wonder if he, Jim Mallon beat him down so much that he took the fight out of him. You know what I mean? What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, Malin was a force to be reckoned with. It was a guy that was full of uh, attitude and piss and vinegar. And I just don't, Joel just doesn't seem like the sort of person that wants to deal with that. Yeah, he's probably like, I can, he, you know, he probably even thought, I'll go do something else that'll be mine. And he realized this is like once in a lifetime creation I came up with. It's kind of like George Lucas. I mean, if we want to get into this, but say Star Wars, he's like, you know, take Star Wars. I'll go make another Star Wars on my own. It's called Willow. It's like, um, oh, yeah, oh. that didn't uh, work out. So it's going to have all little people. <laughs> They're called brownies. <laughs> and the reason I uh, I wanted to bring up George <laughs> Lucas is, first of all, don't interview George Lucas right now. Okay. Yeah. No one cares what George Lucas has to say right now. I keep seeing these articles. The trolls chased George Lucas away from Star Wars. Why did George Lucas sell his beloved Star Wars franchise? Trolls. 
And he says, you go to make a movie and all you do is get criticized. Poor George Lucas said. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, poor billionaire George Lucas. And it's not much fun. You can't experiment. Why don't you go cry your sol- in your solid gold treehouse? Yeah, why this- don't you go swim in your silo of gold coins, freaking Uncle Scrooge? Don't, I mean, but the worst part is I have to keep seeing this. George Lucas says, why? Why, why is this video playing without me? Uh, George Lucas on why he's done with Star Wars movies. Let's see. Advice to anyone making a Star Wars movie is there's more to it than just spaceships. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? I'm curious that uh, the force doesn't get muddled into a bunch of garbly gook. Well, I'm curious about what happens yeah, to like Midichlorians. Uh, grandkids. JJ, what happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren? Oh, George. This is great. Uh, you tell me, man. You made all this shit up. If you could be any character in Star Wars, who would you be? Uh, I don't know. I like all the characters. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Isa, Your Highness. You go to make a movie and all you do is get criticized and people try to make decisions about what you're going to do before you do it. You know, it's not much fun and you can't experiment. You can't do anything. You have to I feel to like he's just way. kind of playing to the like camera in this. Exactly. What... I want to go back to experimental films. But of course, nobody wants to see experimental films. I loved your first film. Well, nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they have their clips that they you get know, to show the during the video. But uh, he's being tongue-in-cheek here is what I feel. Yeah. He can't. He can't be one hundred percent serious because how experimental were the prequels? There wasn't a single real set in the entire thing. He was uh, setting up their whole effects thing. Uh, I think he's even said it before. People will see the Star Wars and then they'll hire ILM to do effects in their films. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they already did, but he in these new digital effects, people would be wowed by it. Yeah, they wouldn't be afraid to use digital effects. Which I still think is funny. Sometimes we forget that the same summer The Matrix came out, and it was like when you see Trinity running alongside the wall in that opening scene, and she's like, jumps up there, and it's like, and it like bullet time freeze frames around her. It was kind of like, this shit is wowing me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Why can't Jedi's do this shit? They have like, you know, abilities with the force. Can you imagine if they were like George Lucas thought of bullet time and like Obi-Wan was like, <laughs> bullet time with a lightsaber. That would have been awesome. That would have taken someone other than George Lucas under yeah. control of it. And you know, like I said, I just think it's silly that this came out and now it's everywhere. George Lucas says, you know, or it's just like, shut up. I'm not clicking on your article. Well, anymore, I already did. <laughs> More than twice, I won't. Thanks for your clickbait. Yeah. Bastard clickbait! Um, damn you! So anyway, did anybody see the new James Bond movie? No. I Apparently t- a lot of people, but not me. I, re- I read I- some people shitting on it, and then my dad saw it. My dad's like the biggest James Bond fan I've ever known. I I knew James Bond's name when I was a baby because of my dad and John Barry, and there's always James Bond records and whatever. He loved it. He absolutely really? loved it. Yes, he th- said it was fantastic. 
So I'm like, oh, okay. The weekend it came out, I was, I text you, because I got home late, and you're, I was like, you're going to see it this weekend? And you said something to me, I'm like. That was our anniversary. Yeah. Me and Heather's anniversary. Yeah. And I was going to a two concerts that weekend yeah heather wanted to go to see chip and jojo's store from uh yeah chip and jojo yeah we you know and i showed you that bill i posted yeah the magnolia silos yeah we went to the magnolia and uh so i was like well i guess we're not seeing james bond this weekend (laughs) i guess we're going to this thing you know (laughs) well maybe when we get back from waco we'll want to go to the movies like are seriously we're gonna be tired. We're yeah. not yeah, gonna go. Is that like a three-hour drive to Waco? It's not. It's about two hour hour, half, two, two hours, hours and change, you know. But um, when we, it was funny when we first drove up to those silos, Bill. There was such a long line, and we got depressed. Like, oh man, we gotta go wait in this line. And we we're like, let's go eat first, and then we'll come back. We didn't realize like the food trucks that were in there. But actually, oh. but actually. We found out that the food trucks, you still got to wait a long time when you order your food. Right. Oh, like, yeah. It's not like fast food. It's like, all right, we'll call your name when it's ready. And like 40 minutes later, because mm-hmm. Heather ordered some coffee, some fancy coffee, and she waited, I'm not kidding, like 35 minutes for her coffee. You know, it was like took forever. That has to be the best coffee ever. <laughs> And the, the people who run it actually were in an episode, like uh, Chip and Joanna, like, built them a new house, you know, or whatever. Oh, the or, coffee shop people. Yeah, yeah. They have, like, a food truck there. I oh, forget, that's sweet. I forget what it's called, but that's why Heather was excited. She wanted to try it. But we went and ate, and we came back, and the line was half as long. And we were like, oh, okay, now it's not so uh, so bad. So we went, and we are walking up in line, and people in front of us were like, Oh, look at this line. Screw this. And they turn around and start leaving. I wanted to go. It was like twice as long, like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Jesus. People are so weird. But anyway, it, it was fun and stuff. We spent too much money on stuff that uh, I'm not sure. I, I know when, when you sent me pictures, Natalie was so excited. And she's like, oh, see if they have the uh, the new furniture line. Yeah. And I think you said that you didn't see any furniture there. No, I did. All they had was the display displays with stuff on it you know did you buy anything signed by chip and jojo no it was just like you know they had the metal signs that they make and uh god those things are awful heather picked up something heather loves those things Uh, oh my god i hate those signs we bought one for emma's room and we bought some other stuff but what what whimsical saying does it have on it ah we love you from the from the to the moon and back or something like that oh, that's so whimsical it hurts <laughs> but uh but you know i was there for heather this was heather's thing it was making her happy so it, it was fun or whatever yeah i'm i'm hoping uh that the next time uh i'm down there in texas i can drag natalie and we can take a trip down to the magnolia silos because you can tell you know it's not all completed yet you can tell in like six months from now it's going to be pretty awesome it's going to be like disneyland for the hgtv crowd yeah there's a lot of mud still like not all grass that in all the trees of course aren't you know, they don't have leaves and stuff. They've planted things and you can tell like after a while, it's going to look fantastic. But uh, right now they've just started everything. So it was kind of neat. But anyway, that's why I love you guys to the moon and back. 
Yes. Oh, when Heather hears this episode, she's going to be so mad. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love their show, but those signs drive me nuts. <laughs> All I know is the guy she goes to that makes those, he's making a killing now. Oh, yeah. He. It, there was even a sign that, like, uh, due to overwhelming uh, amount of orders, long wait for custom jobs and stuff. So, you know, that guy's, like, got more work than he knows what to do with. I can only imagine how much work that guy uh, that makes their tables and... Oh, uh, no. All the wood furniture is making right now. Basically, that show is making them all rich. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and it, it's that's that's the show. I mean, if if I had to choose one show on HGTV that was worth it, it would be that one. Because even the other night, Natalie's like, I can't wait until till December. I've seen all these episodes like three and four times. Yeah, and I guess the new season starts in December. Yeah, Heather has watched them all multiple times where, like, it's finally like, okay, I can't watch these anymore. I've just seen them all too many times. There's and nothing I new. Even, I don't even mind re-watching them. The, the one show that I can't take is the, uh, the, the one with the two from California. Yeah, flip or Flop. Flip or Flop, yeah. I, those two I just cannot stand. With the bitchy wife and the dopey. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yes. I just never, the, I've, <laughs> the guy wears flip-flops in const- around construction, yeah. you know? It never makes he's sense to me. Yeah. Has there not been an episode where he's like, I just stepped on a nail, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the guy's wearing flip-flops where they're doing construction. It just seems against everything... That uh, has to do with safety, doesn't it? I think, uh, yeah, in our general conversation, every time we're sitting there watching HGTV is, this is so scripted. Like, you know they already have this house. They know everything that's wrong with it. The, the problem and- I have with it is that they spend, like, uh, end up spend, spending $500,000. They sell it for $800,000, but the guy's like... It's going to cost like $5,000 to replace this pipe. And he's like, $5,000? Yeah. This is ridiculous. It's like, you're going to spend 500000 on it. Exactly. What is $5,000 to you? Who gives a shit? But it's always got to be a problem leading into a commercial, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you see that the Property Brothers now have, uh, uh, they're like, they want to be music stars? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they. They uh, released a song, like a Christmas <laughs> song on YouTube that oh, they hope to excellent. go into the studio and record. It's it's stupefying. I want you to type in Google. Type in are the P, are the P, and tell me the first thing it, Google fills in the sentence. R-V-P? Yes. R-V-P factory? No, no. You're basically going to say are, A-R-E. are the property brothers right? Are, are, oh, I'm sorry. Are the proper just, <laughs> all you got to do is are, write are the property brothers gay? Yes. All you got to all you got to write is R V and then the letter P and it fills in property brothers gay, property brothers married, Patriots playing today, Patriots winning, Property Brothers twins. Who asked are the Property Brothers twins? <laughs> are those guys twins? They look alike. No, they're not related at all. I think they're the same person and they're just doing that crazy TV thing. It's funny. One time Heather's on the couch watching, she goes, are they gay? And I go, I don't know. Let me look. And I was like, are the P 
heat. And I was like, oh, the property your other's gay. That was like the first. <laughs> it just cracked me up. <laughs> Are they married? I was I was talking to Natalie about that because I remember watching something where they lived together. And uh, it, it's like, it just seems, it's, I don't know, those two are so weird. And plus, the, I mean, the hair, the one guy looks like a mushroom. Yeah, I told Heather, I was like, they're probably like the craze, where one <laughs> is straight and yeah. one is gay, and the gay one loves his brother. That's what it is, you know. Have it's, you ever seen yeah. Speaking of and the craze, wants to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's not a remake. It's about the same brothers starring yeah. uh, what's his head? What's the actor's name? Tom. Tom Hardy, Hardy is playing both of them. And I'm sorry, but Bill, have you seen any footage of this where he plays yeah. the craze? Yeah. Uh, the footage of them sitting next to each other, I was like, I'm not sure that's good effects or not because yeah, I was questioning it also. I, I was, was like, like, wait a second, it doesn't look good with them <laughs> sitting next to each other. It's like Back to the Future 2, you know, Michael J. Fox is there with his, uh, he's his daughter and his son. Yeah, he's a daughter, son. And father. Yeah. It's just, and the by the way, couldn't they have given Elizabeth Shue more to do in Back to the Future 2 and made her like her daughter also, yeah. you know, or something. But, but anyway, but I digress, guys. But uh, anyway, that's funny. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I. I told Natalie the other night that she wasn't allowed to watch HGTV anymore. Oh yeah, why? It's just it's 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 she gets ideas and then it's hilarious. She, she I mean, gets I, I love ideas. it. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's well, you you see these things and then it just gets to be mind numbing after a little while. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Definitely. So uh, so we started watching Game of Thrones. And she, we, we watched the most recent season, and then she started it over from the beginning. And I think uh, uh, maybe we should just start watching HGTV again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Jessica Jones just came out today on Netflix, and I watched the first two episodes. I told Heather, I'm going to watch it with you, but I'm sorry, but tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to just watch the first episode. But uh, I won't I won't watch beyond that. And I was like... Okay, maybe I'll watch the first two episodes. <laughs> I had no idea what Jessica Jones was. And I think like three or four, maybe four or five years ago, whenever Alias was on TV. Right. And I, I exposed my dad to it and he loved it. And he, we were trying to get each other Christmas gifts that year. And that was the year that he got me. Uh, the Fantastic Four films on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, Dad, thanks. Thanks. But he had also bought me uh, this comic book called Alias. Right. Because he, he thought it was the TV show. And it tur- he bought me the entire run, and I just oh, kept sweet. it in a box. Uh, they're, they, they're still in the same box they came in. And I had no idea what they were. I'd never even bothered reading them, looking at them, anything. And I was reading about this t- this Netflix series, Jessica Jones, and it turns out that's Jessica Jones. Yeah. I had no idea it was a Marvel thing or a, or a, you know, a, 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 a company that was underneath Marvel that was a more adult-oriented comic series. Uh, so I'm now I'm like, now I'm interested in trying to find that box and maybe reading the comics. 
Yeah, I thought about uh, reading it, but then, you know, time passes and it's just like, nah, I'll just watch a show when it comes on. <laughs> but uh, after two episodes, I freaking love it. I can't wait to, like, binge the whole thing. Uh, I love it. Uh, I think it's almost like when when Daredevil, you know, came out and I binge watched that over a weekend uh, and I knew I knew Jessica Jones was coming up next. I was like, how is that going to top Daredevil or whatever? But they did the smart thing. They made it its own thing. It's a different tone. It's its own thing. So you don't have to think of which is better Daredevil or Jessica Jones. It's like they're both great and they're and they do their own thing differently, which is the right way to go. You know, and from what I understand of the storyline, she was a, or she was a superhero that then uh, decided not to be a superhero anymore. She was a, yeah, they haven't gotten that in the first two episodes, but I know just by reading about it that she was a failed superhero. She's suffering from PTSD. Right. So it's basically she tried to be not everybody who wants to be a superhero is going to end up being Spider-Man or Captain America. You're right. going to not really take off. Your website doesn't get any hits and you give up, <laughs> I guess. Oh, OK. But uh, I think you'll dig it. I just know that David Tennant is uh, Kilgrave, the, the big bad in the series. Uh, I've only seen a bit of him, and he's he's pretty terrifying. So really? I can't wait to uh, watch more of it. He basically he's great. You know what? He's great in everything. You know, I actually I liked his doctor. Uh, I thought he was fantastic in the uh, the Fright Night remake, and I wish there was more of him. Medic. Oh and yeah, he was in that. I remember that. Yeah, he was the uh, the TV guy. He was the Roddy McDowell character. I know. Let's make Colin Farrell a CGI vampire. Uh... Good idea. Yeah, they should have just got Chris Sarandon again for that one. <laughs> you got to have faith. Right, guys? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Um, Musical interlude. <laughs> oh, look at that. MST's at 2.4 now. So that's cool. Nice. It's slowly but surely climbing up. Some people, this is what I think is weird also. I forgot to mention this, Bill. I'm just excited that... MST's coming back, but you see people in comments saying, I don't really like these rewards. There needs to be better stuff than this. And I'm like, I think you're losing track of why. What's it really was. about the rewards? Yeah. You need to offer two t-shirts, what? not just one. I didn't, I didn't contribute to the freaking reading rainbow, uh, Kickstarter for the rewards. Yeah. Yes. You I, to- I really liked my coffee mug before it broke into a million pieces. <laughs> and, and the uh, the eight bit refrigerator magnet is on my freezer right next to me, and it's very nice. But-, but at the same time, you know, when Joel said this is how much of the percentage of funds we make goes towards rewards, it costs money. Right. Heather was like, "Click, we don't want any rewards," and I was like. Hold on there. We do want rewards. Come on. Come yeah, on. I want that uh, that MST3K flash drive with all the episodes. Like, we know, okay, the T-shirt's not going to fit me. It's going to be Emma's. So that's where we get T-shirts for now. You know, Emma yeah. will be able to. Because, you know, it's like 
available in large and extra large. It's like, oh, okay. that's bullshit. Uh, 16-year-old Jason could wear this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but not not Jason now. But uh, it's almost like, yeah, I don't care about the rewards, but I'm not going to say I don't want any rewards because if they offer it for what I'm donating, then it's fine. But I'm not going to be the like, rewards. these you're rewards not complain suck. about what you're getting. Yeah, the reason I'm donating isn't for rewards. It's for the thing to come back. It's like Super Troopers, we donated that because we want to see Super Troopers too. It's yeah. not like, what kind of cool shit you giving me? But apparently some people do that. Quid pro quo, Mr. Bond. Yes, or Clarice, or, or whoever. Clarice. Or, or whoever, you know. Or whatever, yeah. Whoever has an English accent and then says quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Wait, quid, that was- quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Quid pro you quo. S- I want to see the takes of that where uh, Anthony Hopkins messed up 15,000 times. <laughs> Quid pro quo. Wait, wait. T- cut, Anthony. You're an Oscar winning actor. Could you please? Okay, action. Quid pro quo. Clarice. Clarice. It's the same thing. It's like. Quid pro quo. Kareem, I just just I just want you to say say after me, you're you're all right, Larusso. <laughs> you're all right, Larusso. Quid pro quo, Clarice. I can't say it. Cut. Check the gate. Print. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of that, how oh, shitty no. was the Project Greenlight movie? I haven't oh. seen it. Oh my god, it's uh, it's. Rift tracks material. <laughs> I, I like know is Natalie and I finished Project Greenlight and yeah. we immediately went, okay, where's the leisure class on HBO Go? We find it, we start it, we get 10 minutes in and we had to turn it off. And it's not that it's awful or anything, it's just that it's flat. I loved that Natalie went, man. You can really see the film quality on this. <laughs> Thank God they got the lighting right in this shot. God, like, you it, can you know you can really see the grain. It breathes. It it's alive on the when screen. it's so uninteresting what you're watching. Yeah, like, I, it, it's painful, the, and I don't a, think we will ever watch the entire film. We got up to no. whenever. Uh, the 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 brother shows up at the reception. The yeah, like, hey, oh, that's enough. Is the this battle is... for Shaker Heights more watchable? Yeah, yeah. I actually <laughs> made it through all that, but here's how far I made it, Bill. The brother shows up, and he convinces him to leave for like $10,000. He goes, I'm going to go get my checkbook. Don't go anywhere. And he gets up, and he leaves. And I'm like, you know what? And I hit stop. <laughs> that's how far I made it. I had I've got two episodes left to finish the season. <laughs> There's a very telling quote in that final episode by Ben Affleck. He goes, "It's not really my cup of tea, but I think he's a talented guy." Basically, he's saying that I couldn't get through the movie. Yeah, yeah I don't think Ben Affleck actually watched the whole film. Yeah, I pay, they showed like a whole theater of family and friends, and there were parts where you'd see them laughing at certain lines. When I got to those lines, when I was watching it, I was like. Why was that crowd laughing at this? Yeah. Because they were paid. <laughs> yeah. Here's five bucks. Here's five bucks. We're going to pay you to they see this the, hunk of shit. <laughs> they have the laughter sign above the screen. Yeah, be sure you laugh at all the right places, okay? Wow. Yeah. Way, way to go, uh, Pete Jones and uh, 
and the the Slender Man, whatever the hell, Jason, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I I got. I'm not kidding, guys. His mannerisms, the way he'd kind of like furrow his brow and be like tilting his head, like he's like like a pigeon, like. like I got to where his head bobs and grunt, or his looks around of confusion. I was like, that's what I was like. He just looks confused all the time. I was like Effie, where I started to just hate the way he looked, where I just wanted to punch him in the face. That's it. Just like you wanted to throw pieces of bread at him. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, hey, pigeon boy. (laughs) I wanted to at least get in the movie where they have the car crash, where he's like, oh no. It didn't turn out right or whatever. Oh, oh my gosh. That episode, I was cracking up. Like, the, the, the accident just completely fizzled. Like, the, I, I should have, you know, we're going to have to go back and forward through it just to see how that ends up on the screen. You know what? But I just, just the way it bounces yeah, off the Yeah, I wanted car. to see how in the movie that affected anything that was going on, you know? But one thing I noticed, the you know the one executive producer guy? There was Effie, and then there was the guy who had the, you know, he had the perfect 5 o'clock shadow and the yeah, blue Yeah, that guy eyes. was, man, yeah. he was, he was great. He if was you notice, really, he's the executive producer of Project Greenlight, the show. Effie was the producer of the movie. I was like, I wonder how he got such a good, reasonable edit in the show. You know, it's because he's controlling everything. Yeah. He yeah. makes Effie look her- terrible, but he's like the reasonable guy who doesn't really back her up on jack shit, you know. Not at all. He's just, he's like the devil's advocate. Yeah, he yeah. Just wants to, he just wants to come out not smelling like shit. No. There were so many times where he would say about the director, he'd go, well, what Jason needs to understand. And I go, well, tell him! Friggin' tell him, you know, but it's like, notice, no, no. notice that the not- guy that runs HBO also got a favorable edit. Yeah. There's a part where they're editing the movie and he's like, no, 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 go back. Let me see that take. And the editor's like, oh, she's like, yeah, that, was, man. that was so, that was so wonderful in the background seeing the editor lose ah, his shit. How dare this HBO executive who gave us the money to make this, give me a hard time like this. What, I can't you know, even imagine sitting in that room and having to watch that piece of shit over and over and over again, and I couldn't even get through ten minutes of it. <laughs> That's probably why that editor was pulling his hair out. Yeah. She's like, I can't believe I have to stand here at this station and edit this. Mm-hmm. Well, the last episode I saw was when Effie did say, we've got the money to do the crash your way. She did say that. No, she. I agree. She did say that. And and then all of a sudden, oh no, I didn't say that. It's like, yeah, you did. Unless there's a different cut that they cut out. But- yeah, she was trying to say is like he wanted to do the stunt a certain way. Yeah. And she said, no, we can't. But then later on, she said, okay, you can. But what she really meant was, you can do it. With this money, but not really how you want to do it. Right. You can just do you it. You can though. do a stunt. <laughs> yeah, that's what she meant. And he was like, well, mm, let me furrow my brow and act like a pigeonhole. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that. Uh, you and said she that was we... like, no, he does not show me up like that. Make me feel like, uh-uh, I'm off. And she's like leaving. It's like, communication's really terrible, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. 
You know, it's funny, uh, like one of the following nights I was off doing a store run for my dad and Natalie put on uh, Dear White People, one of the movies she produced. Yeah. And uh, from what I saw of it, it looked relatively good. I don't know uh, how well it turned out. But again, you have a woman who has has a has a, a track record, like 17 films that she's produced. Yeah. And then she gets Pigeon Boy and doesn't know what the hell she's going to do. I, you know, I ended up sympathizing with her by the end of it, even though they tried their best to make her look like a villain. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I honestly felt as I was watching the show, she was getting the villain edit, you know, and I didn't think ill of her at all. I, I mean, yes, I thought she looked like a pain in the ass, but I almost felt like if she, was on your side. Like if things would have started out great with her and Jason, she would have won gone to bat with him at every turn, but instead, oh, absolutely. Instead they, she, he rubbed her the wrong way. And she just thought he was a pain in the ass. Basically. He's a right. socially inept pigeon boy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do it on film. Did it matter at all that this movie was on film, Bill? <laughs> I couldn't even tell it was on film. I, I, they're they're going to take it. You're going to shoot this, this movie on film. It's never, ever going to be seen on film. The, the, the amount of money they put it's into it. You're going to shoot HBO. on film. You're shooting on film because you're going to produce prints of the film. Right. You know, and, and this thing went from film into to zeros and ones. The it's only digital. time it was shown in a theater was at the premiere for HBO. <laughs> Any other time, people are watching it on their TVs, you know? Yeah. And so now they're like, oh, great. Now we have a $300,000 print of a film that no one wants to watch. Right. Um, money well spent there, Pigeon Boy. But I started thinking about it. There hasn't been a single season of Project Greenlight that's been successful. That's produced oh. a good film. None of the films that come out are, they're all afterthoughts. There's nothing really you like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And I almost kind of was excited, like, oh, I can't wait to see how this turned out. And that ends at the five-minute mark where it's like, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not sitting through this, you know. I don't care. But it's it's so funny that. Basically, Project Greenlight is for an entertaining show, and the movies that they make are an afterthought. Right. They don't really care about finding the next great filmmaker, because if they did, they wouldn't give them only three weeks to make the goddamn thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, that's how... They, or they, they would have be a, under that deadline. Or they would have a locked script... At the time. Yeah, like, uh, we got a script, kind of, that we need to work on with Pete Jones but you got, like, season one. you got, three days to work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> hey, do you, we're going to scout locations now. It's like, can I have time to breathe? You know? No, you can't. We're doing this for entertainment value. You're supposed to get stressed out and all worked up, and hopefully you're going to fight with somebody, right? Because that's entertaining. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what they're doing. They want to make an interesting show. It's a and, profit And it's deal. funny, at the beginning, Ben Affleck goes, Project Greenlight is a documentary. I'm like, halt, time out. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a friggin' uh, reality show Do where they... remember when this was on Bravo? Yeah. Only <laughs> on Bravo. Yeah, exactly. 
So, no, you're not fooling me, guys. This isn't a hard-hitting look Expose inside me. Hollywood at all. It's complete horse shit. <laughs> and there's ineptitude on every level. Only by Bravo. You, uh, they even turned the, uh, the location scout into a villain. Yeah. yeah. She was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. He won't pick something. It's like, like okay. Like there's mansions all over you're, California. You're a horrible woman. Jason, he's a visionary. And, you know, mm. I talked about like this. Um, are we supposed to root for Jason because he's this visionary director? Like even Matt Damien goes, hey, you got to hand it to him. He knows what he wants and he fights for it. It's like, no, he doesn't. He just sits there and goes, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fight for shit. He just doesn't say anything until people are like, oh, fine, take it. Yeah. All he all he did was say, "I want to shoot on film." Yeah, it's like That's it. He's like, "I'm going to give you the, the silent crash. treatment to like yeah. what I want." Yeah, he's the little kid that says, "I'm going to hold my breath until I," you know, and he just held his breath. He held his breath until he turned blue and passed out, and he woke up and he got film. Yeah, it's like you know what, me and Matt Damon, we're going to give you. And I could tell. I thought Effie got totally effed there. Where the two movie stars are going to give him the money to put it on film is just kind of like, okay, screw me. Sorry, we have a budget that I have to stick to. I didn't know these guys pull. were going to bail you out. Freaking Goodwill Hunting is going to bail you out over here. You know? Yeah, she wasn't a big fan of those apples. <laughs> what do you, how do you like them apples? Yeah. Why don't you go read some Vickers and shut the hell up, Martian? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah when that comes so, back next year uh, yeah. i was you know what do was you funny? really think hbo is gonna bring that disaster back i don't know but there's no way in hell they're the, investing they the money totally into that again think it again do you remember this steven that i tried to submit laughing boy to season one of project yeah. Greenlight? because the first season they were looking for screenwriters right and I was like, dude, I'm going to submit Laughing Boy. And I went over to Steven's house because I did not own a computer. And I wrote Laughing Boy in one evening, didn't I? Was Wasn't it one? it one day? I was there like all day, like till the middle of the night. And we had to convert it to a PDF file. Didn't know how oh to God. do it. Couldn't figure it out. Gave up. <laughs> But I wrote Laughing Boy in like something like eighteen hours or something. You you wrote it in the same amount of time as leisure class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'd written the first time I wrote Laughing Boy was like in a week on my stepmom's uh, word processor, nice. like uh, um, just a stream Smith of, Corona stream of consciousness, right? Right. But it had a lot of concepts that I liked from it. And so when I rewrote it at your house, I like had that basic structure. But what's funny th right now is the you nano a bunch handwritten too. Yeah, I'd had a whole notepad full of yeah, spiral notepad. <laughs> yes, where I've I've probably, thought of scenes and stuff. Yeah, where twenty or fifty pages, something like that. Yeah, and so uh, I knew what I was going to write. But now this month is National Novel Writing Month, the NaNoWriMo. And I was like, I'm going to write Laughing Boy in a month. I've written it in a week, in 18 hours, and or whatever. And now I'm going to write it within a month of November. And I'm 20,000 words into it. 
I, sh- I should be past the 25,000 mark, but it's kind of hard. You know, hey, 20,000 is pretty good for me, okay? But I'm trying to hit 50,000 by the end of November. What do I have, 10 days left or something? Yeah. Um, but I'm having a blast doing it because now all of a sudden, you know, it starts at Laughing Boy when he was younger and he was a, a little boy and like building up the history. There's some autobiographical things in there and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Good. And, and uh, what's funny is when I wrote uh, the first draft of Laughing Boy, Bill, I was 18, I think. And it was the, what was it like? Uh, 1990 or something. And but now it's 2015, and I'm like, should this story take place in 1990 or or currently? But then I started thinking, what if Laughing Boy lives in a 1990ish world because that's his parents. Basically, the story of Laughing Boy is his parents are very overprotective. And uh, his whole childhood, he spent in his home. He's homeschooled. He's never let out of the house. Uh, And then finally, by his 16th birthday, his parents decide, which has been a real hard thing I've been dealing with, was why do they let him? Which is they decide to turn him loose on the world, right? And all these crazy things happen. But I thought, what if all he does is watch retro television? What if he has his dad's VHS collection and his dad's old video game collection, like say ColecoVision, like I had when I was growing up. And so it's 2015. Everyone has cell phones or whatever. And he, he doesn't have any of that shit. So he's, he only has references that have to do with riptide, the riptide guys and the a team. And, uh, he doesn't understand half of the, because when I was growing up, when I was a kid, there were a lot of things I didn't get, especially sexual innuendo. I did not get it for a long time. Like someone said blow job. I had no idea what the hell that was. I didn't know what a hooker was. And, uh, there, there's a, a funny bit from reality where some kid said, your mom's a hooker. And I honestly was like, okay, what the hell is that? You know? picturing my mom with a grappling hook or something I <laughs> or she, she really knows how to tie a good fish hook yeah i have no idea so laughing boys like that to the extreme where he doesn't get innuendo right and so that's where the autobiographical stuff comes in he doesn't have two annoying sisters though i couldn't do that much <laughs> <laughs> but i'm having a fun time doing it and i want effie Trinket. No, wait, that's not her name. That's the girl from Hunger Games. Effie Brown to produce Laughing Boy the movie when I'm done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I want you want you want HBO to uh, pull up the, the money Slender so you can Man shoot it on film. Slender Man. I want creepy pasta to direct it. Did children disappear from his set? A- Emma, have you ever heard of creepy pasta? By the way, do you know what that is, Bill? Or no, Stan? no. Emma is always talking about creepy pasta, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. What is creepy pasta? And it's these urban legend horror stories, like the Slender Man, that get copied and pasted to all these different forums and websites over the years. Instead of copy paste, it's creepy pasta. Creepy pasta. <laughs> okay. And so the Slender Man is a creepy pasta story. 
Oh, okay. So my daughter's base in their technology. Yeah, my daughter, whose main form of programming is YouTube, knows all this stuff, (laughs) and I will hear her say things that I'm like, "What?" Like she will say phrases or whatever, some kind of funny joke. She knows the punchline to something, and I'm like, "Who are you? What just happened?" Does she know the one punchline from the uh, (laughs) the commercial? (laughs) What from the day? I'd pay him fifty dollars just to watch him clean it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Three hundred dollars just to clean it. A, le- a Letterman favorite like Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> or Rick Dukeman from Meatballs Two. It's like funny <laughs> Meatballs Two. Was this she- before the Burbs? <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, dude, his main credit is Meatballs Two. He's got to work on this. <laughs> But it amazes Everyone's me. lovable see, sidekick. She comes walking over. I pay you fifty dollars just to clean it. <laughs> Holy shit! But that's a that's a thing about. Uh, I I want to show you guys Laughing Boy so much, but I know I gotta. I'm going to finish this story. I have to finish it because I've been trying to tell the story since I was 18 years old. By the way. Laughing Boy got written because I told a girl that I liked at MJ Designs that I wrote a screenplay, (laughs) which was not yet written yet. Oh, I want to read it. Oh, you do? Okay. And I was like, I'm going to write this shit right now. And I freaking, it just came out of my brain. Like When, When I was going to the performing arts high school in Pittsburgh, I, you know, I thought I was an artiste. And I remember I tried writing a script. This was like right around Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction era. <laughs> so, yes. I remember writing this script that was, it took place in a laundromat and everyone just said the F word multiple. Like that was basically the entire script was violence in a laundromat. Yeah, were they gangsters in a laundromat or <laughs> they were just trying to do their laundry? You know, it was one of those things. Yeah, where... Did it start at the end and go back to the beginning or a time? <laughs> <jump? Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that was the main thing. Once Quentin Tarantino, everyone was like tomorrow, Wait, tomorrow? It's the beginning of the movie. Yesterday. You know, two hours ago. weeks ago. 30 minutes from now. It's like, ah, this movie's all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I would be the next Quentin Tarantino. A lot of people did, man. A lot of people did. A lot of people. Yeah. There was an episode Stephen and I did, Bill, where we just talked about the old hanging out with the UTA thing. Film wannabes, and there was so much Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith's, and uh, uh, the killer, uh, John Woo. Apocalypse Now. You know, I was more of the John Woo, Sam Raimi guy. That's who I was into. They were into Kubrick and uh, Francis Ford Coppola. So uh, my mind was in a totally different place, you know. It's like, guys, have you seen Evil Dead 2? That's like the greatest movie ever made. Not I the just Shining. wanted to make a movie that Rick Dukeman could start. <laughs> yeah. God, please, Rick Dukeman. Meatballs 6. He's no longer with us, though, guys. He'll never be in there. Did he really die? I thought yeah. that was a, yeah. um, like a, a, a hoax. It's a creepypasta. <laughs> it's a creepy. The, the Slender Man killed him. <laughs> Slender Man. I love that, though. That dude is the Slender Man. He is. Make a He's movie. creepy. He's all pale and always he's wearing black. And, oh, Pigeon and Man. <laughs> Pigeon Man. Slender Pigeon. Slender Pigeon Man. Slender Pigeon Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. That's w- the next creepypasta. The, the pigeon, the slender pigeon that wants to make a film on film. I love it. Pigeon. <laughs> and so that's all I got is with pigeon drops. <laughs> all right. Why don't I have a... I think you do it well enough. Oh, time to start the feed again. That's a pigeon. Oh, wait. No, is it time? No. Oh, Oh, okay. So, hey, we got a voicemail, guys. You want to hear it? Yeah. This is a voicemail from Adam Sexton. Let's check it out. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. Adam Sexton here. Sending you some uh, voicemail for tonight's episode. I'm glad that you guys are recording. And I would love to be in the chat room uh, tonight. But unfortunately, I am working. I've got some high school sporting events to take care of. So that just means I'll have to wait for the episode next week. But I'm sure you guys will do a great job, as you always do. So uh, let me uh, proceed with the uh, the feedback. Uh, Jason, I really did enjoy the... The epic saga of the worst of Keg Boss episodes, um, <laughs> it definitely improved. I, I talked about this on Facebook. It definitely Im- seemed to improve after the either the first hour or the 90-minute mark. Not not so much what your commentary, but just the show itself. It's like watching an MST3K uh, episode where the movie is just so bad that even though the jokes are good, it's just a slog to sit through. And after that 90-minute mark, uh, the rest of the show just became enjoyable. So uh, I I really loved it after that. I think the rest, like the the remaining six or seven hours, just seemed to pass right by. (laughs) So so, uh, thank you for compiling all of that. Uh, I I learned important words like Fondon and Lackawanna, and I learned how (laughs) cold a refrigerated uh, box can be. Uh, I bet if you know one would want to die from uh, alcohol poisoning, you could do a drinking game based on. Uh, you can do it like three ways. You can take a shot every time that Bill groans whenever uh, one of the women start to speak. You can take a shot every time you hear Stephen's predator snore, and you can even take a shot every time Jason says, "Hey guys, you know what's funny?" Uh, but Jason does that every episode. So um, I love the sound clips you that you use the the way that you use the bridge the. Uh, the recap segments. Uh, I even loved the way that you uh, ended the first part of it with it. I'm kind of wondering what the story on that is. And uh, I was even Just charmed uh, by the uh, the Predator clip of Bill Duke using the Gatling gun to the tune of the Harlem Globetrotters uh, theme song. Uh, <laughs> one question about it, though. The... the The recap seemed to just abruptly end. Did you guys not discuss... Did you guys discuss not just discussing the show anymore, or was that a conversation you had uh, when you weren't recording? Uh, just curious about that. Uh, Wait, I want to pause it there. What he said there? Uh, no, we just lost. You know, I lost interest in Cake Boss and stopped making clips. It kind of went away for a bit. It didn't went it? away for a long it- time, and. Uh, the show kind of changed where I was trying to do more whatevers, uh, what have yous, and we never got to Cake Boss. The last we segment... covering shows the way we did. We kind of right. evolved a bit. The last segment we did of, of Cake Boss is when he's designing the cloud cake, and he's like, I'm in the clouds, wee, <laughs> like that. That was the last time we ever talked about Cake Boss, and I was like, 
looking at the show notes and I was like, that's the last time Cake Boss is listed on a show. That's it. Wow. And uh, that was just it. It just abruptly ends. There's no ending. And the end of what's funny, here's just an inside story. I finished an eight hour. It was seven hours and like 58 minutes of show. And I was like, well, I'm done. Let me just finalize this, baby. Click file too big. Cannot, uh, cannot, whatever. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, okay. Uh, what do I do? And I was like, I don't know what to do. What the hell do I do? Oh, okay. I'm going to use Audacity. Maybe it's just this program I'm using sucks, whatever. So I refigured it out or whatever. Had it saved finished but you have to export it and to make it into a WAV file that's eight hours long and then convert it down to 64 kilobits and then you can podcast it all right so i do it on audacity doesn't work can't work can't do it files too big i'm like what do i do it was all finished i was ready to wrap this shit up man <laughs> and then i'm like uh, I've already recorded a bumper for the beginning and the end like well guys you finished at the end but i'm like Wait, if I cut it in half, do I need a bumper now for the end of part one and a bumper for the beginning of part two? I'm so defeated at this point. Mm. I don't want to, right? You're like Peter Jackson making the Hobbit films. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to look on YouTube. The first thing I find that says end of part one, end of s- turn to side B or whatever, like a record. I know. Right, right. Turn to side B. The first thing I find is Sesame Street. Uh, Grover saying, that is the end of side A. Flip over to side B. And I'm like, boom, that's it. That's the end of part one. So it's Grover at the end. And I think it's pretty funny, like, if you ever listen to that. Because he goes, what are you waiting for? Flip it over. You know, he's telling you to flip the record over. And you're a little kid. You're like, no, I'm not going to do it yet. And he's like, "Uh, you're supposed to turn the record over now. You know, he's saying that. And it's really funny. So. And then part two, I was like, I don't feel like re-recording. Oh, I know. TRS-80. We haven't heard from her so long. So at the beginning of part two is (laughs) TRS-80 introduces it. So that's it. Whatever. And let's continue the voicemail, guys. I do plan to see Spectre this weekend uh, on Sunday with my brother. I've I've tried to make uh, some appointments with him in previous weeks, and they just always fell through. I'm still looking forward to it, despite the mixed uh, mixed reviews. Uh, previous movies that uh, I have uh, seen recently. I uh, The Man from Uncle dropped on VOD and DVD and Blu-ray this week, I and I that. rented it from VOD. I've watched it twice. It's uh, it, it was such a blast. It was such a delight. It's probably this nice. year's Edge of Tomorrow, where I just feel so stupid that I uh, missed out during its theatrical run because it's a beautiful looking movie. It's a lot of fun. It's Army Hammer's best performance so far, so I highly recommend that. I've also watched Spy. This was the Melissa McCarthy uh, spy spoof movie. Uh, also very enjoyable. See it. Uh, for nothing else, uh, to see Jason Statham be funny in a way that he hasn't been since, like, Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, and also, speaking of Statham, I finally watched Furious 7, which was a lot of fun, but definitely more goofy. And uh, I think they missed a golden opportunity to kill off Tyrese Gibson's character. I can't stand that guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, what? That's a terrible thing to say. Kill t- Okay, first of all, Adam, 
This is the movie that Paul Walker died during the film. You can't be like, let's kill off Tyrese in this movie. Everyone's already bummed out that Paul Walker died in real life. Let's kill off Tyrese. No! That's, first of all, I'm not kidding. I'm not bullshitting you. I think Tyrese is like the funniest thing about the movie. I like his character because he's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, there's one, I forget, it was like part five or six where he's messing with a stupid harpoon gun or something, accidentally fires it or whatever. I don't know. I think it's funny, but uh, can you yeah, just imagine he's, he's that? He's the Steve Buscemi of... Uh, he's of- the dumbass. Like, remember in part seven where he's, they've all parachuted their cars and he's still going, whoa, what do I do? You know, he's just floating around in the sky and it's completely ridiculous, but he's the comic relief. But can you imagine they're like... Yeah, let's kill him off. Let's yeah, just not have the parachute deploy. Slam into the ground and explode. Everyone is dreading the end of this movie because they don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to kill Paul Walker's character off and totally bum everyone out? But no, they kill Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been such a bummer, man. But that's funny, Adam. Or they could have put they could have put Ghost Tyrese in the car with Paul Walker. Oh, he's like a blue glowy. <laughs> like end of Return of the Jedi. He's just like he's there. Nick, he's in the back seat, and Vin Diesel looks. He sees Paul Walker driving off, and then he like sees. Yeah, the blue glowy Tyrese waving goodbye, and even his hand comes out the roof because you know he can pass through solid objects. <laughs> it's like the end of Fantastic Four, the Corman version where his hand sticks out of the top of the car as a ghost. That shit would be awesome. Okay, you've talked me into it. They should have done that. Should have killed. Ty- and he could have like popped up as a ghost throughout the throughout the movie, like giving like uh, like well, like that's commentary. Gonna be, that's going to be the next movie. Yeah, the next one. He's a ghost following him around, you know. Oh, my God. It's a genius idea. Okay, take it back, Adam. All right, let's continue the voicemail. <laughs> uh, I've been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. I know the three of you have Xbox One consoles. I don't know if you've ever planned to uh, make no, this I'm game a priority it. in the future. But I've been playing. Wait, can I just. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, uh, for our anniversary, Heather was like, well, was it my anniversary? It was my birthday. Yeah, my birthday was October twenty sixth. Uh, Heather and Emma they they bought me a game, which is unbelievable because Heather d- does not care for my gaming. In fact, the reason our marriage has lasted seventeen years because I never play video games in her presence, unless some weird way like that time i played mad max while she was here it's because she had to work on her computer the entire time and she just didn't give a shit what i was doing but i only play games when she's gone at work so she was like asked emma what do we get your dad or whatever and she goes rise of the tomb raider you know when's that coming out so they pre-ordered the game for me so the day everybody on earth is buying fallout 4 bill i'm buying i'm going to pick up you know there's all these pre-orders stacks of fallout 4 and then there's one tomb raider and it's like that's mine you know and i take it home so i've been playing rise of the tomb raider and it's a blast it's a lot of fun uh, since I've been trying to write, I've been doing the thing where, like, okay, for an hour, I'm going to play this, you know. And uh, I've had you a lot of fun. You don't do the 14-hour Mad Max session? Like <laughs> yeah, me. no. I'm, like, 
but I am like 40% done with it. Here's the funny thing, Bill. While I'm playing, it's I'm like waiting for Emma to get home from school. I'm not playing Tomb Raider until she gets home because she wants to watch me play. She's like, can I play? And I was like, huh? She's like, can I play? What? Yeah, what? She watched me play games before, but she was like, never asked to play. she didn't want to play. She didn't want to hold the controller. It was too big or whatever. I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you want to play? I hand it to her. She starts playing, and it's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And I'm like, I'm not getting the controller back. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this is it. This is the transition just happened where she's now a gamer. She's playing Xbox One. I'm never going to play again. <laughs> and I was like, Emma, wait, 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 wait. Time out. How about we create Save My Progress, and we started over a new save for you where you start at the beginning. And she was like, yeah. So we started the game over. She has her save and I have mine, you know, so that I was Xbox like, one is going to end up in her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should, you can have the 360 back dad. Oh, I can. Okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so anyway, watching, first of all, Tomb Raider, this game or, I don't know about you. I can play the games fine, but I cannot watch somebody else play because I start to get like, oh, my head starts hurting. Yeah, I, I can't know. watch people play games. I, but I get, well, I was, I'd come and watch you play, and that would happen to me. And I, yeah, the further I sit back, the better. I can't sit up. And even. I can control. I can control the camera pretty much. You know, we've gotten all savvy with the right stick where we're moving it yeah. around. Hers like. Moving around all erratically, looking up and down. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to vom, you know. <laughs> and I was like, you keep playing, but I'm going to turn and look at the computer because I can't watch you play because <laughs> it was making me sick. But so anyway, Rise of the Tomb Raider, I do think is awesome. Uh, it's funny because Adam tweeted, it's nice to see they put Lara Croft in some realistic clothes. Like she's in a parka in the snow. She remember in the first game she's in, she's in khaki shorts and like a tank top. It doesn't matter if she's in the Arctic. Yeah, she looks like uh, um, one of the girls in Biodome. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the game is a lot of fun. The first one was you know they're using the model of uh, Drake. You know mm-hmm. the uh, um, Nathan Nathan Drake. Yeah, the Uncharted series. Uncharted. That's what I was trying. To... It's basically the Uncharted series with Lara Croft, and it works. It's a great formula. There's great sequences. We're running. Everything's falling down, collapsing. Bridges are falling apart. You're jumping. You're swinging on shit. You're like ah, and it's awesome, you know. And that's why it's fun. So anyway, I have the first one. I've never finished it. Uh... Emma watched me play the first one all the way through. She'd run out of the room when I would get into gunfights. Because it was too scary for her. And it's funny watching her now, like, trying to shoot the arrow at people. They're shooting at her, and she's like, ah, ah, and she's, like, trying to aim the bow and arrow. It's like, no, no, come on, just aim the reticle on the guy when it hits red. Just fire. Just no big deal. She's like, ah, ah, you know, she's, everything else is great, but the combat, it's funny watching her get all nervous. But there's a part with a gigantic effing bear chasing you, and even I was... When you're running, you can hear it going behind you, and the the controller shaking. I'm like, shit! (laughs) It's the John Candy Great Outdoors moment. (laughs) (laughs) Big bear, you can jump. You can jump up in trees and grab on the branches. You look down, the bear's like, and you're like, oh shit! You know, it's so funny. It's fun. 
So anyway, back to Adam's voicemail. But I digress. And the 360 port of it, and I'm willing to bet that the Xbox One version looks fantastic, but I uh, don't know if you played the previous game. I, I think Rise of the Tomb Raider improves on uh, its predecessor in every way. It's not it's violent, but not gratuitously violent like the previous game. Story's better, the character's better, the things you get to do in the environment, like resource gathering or exploring tombs, there's a lot more of that, by the way. It's it, it's just more of the good stuff uh, from the previous game and less of the bad stuff. So I highly recommend that. It's uh, getting its butt kicked commercially by Fallout 4 like most people knew it, it would. But uh, yeah. I highly recommend you check that out. Uh, other than that, uh, I'll keep it short and uh, I'll end it here. You guys, good luck on recording your episode. and I look forward to hearing it. I hope you and your families are, and your loved ones are doing just fine. And I will speak to you later. Bye. Thanks a lot, Adam. And happy Thanksgiving, man, because yeah. that's, I can't, you know, every year you say it, I can't believe it's already time for Thanksgiving, but it is. It is. Can't believe it. And, you know, by the way, MST Turkey Day, Bill. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I, I love that, uh, like you were saying, how people are complaining that it's a bad time for them, yet. Nobody realizes that they play that for like two days. Yeah, it's like it's over and over and over again because I won't be able to watch it on Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, the first thing we do is we go to my uh, Aunt Vicky's like by one o'clock. It starts at noon. And so, you know, we'll start watching it, then we'll leave. And then, you know, I'll be like, I wonder what MSTs they're showing or something. You know, I could pull it up on my phone and look at it, but then I'm just a dick because my family's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason, you're just going to have your face in your phone the whole time. Then we hear, you know, my sister Vanessa bring up the same exact story she did the year, Previous before, year before that. And <laughs> I, I'm such an eye roller when I'm just like, oh. But anyway, uh, yeah. The one thing that I wish that I could get my – they have a high-def TV without high-def signal to it, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> Every Guys, year. HD is so cheap now. I mean, why don't you have it? Yeah. I don't understand. It looks the same. No, no it doesn't. No, it it really doesn't. Yeah, it is. It doesn't look stretched out like this. <laughs> Yeah, anytime I go to somebody's place that uh, they're watching uh, a non-HD ta- uh, HD channel in uh, on an HD set, I always turn on Pillarbox. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, stop watching it like that. Yeah, definitely. I'd rather watch Pillarbox any day of the week. But uh, we're HD snobs, right? Totally. No, come on. It's Ooh. 2015. When did HD start coming around? Like 2005? Even earlier than that. It's time to get HD. <laughs> it's time to just... How many times do you have to see the commercial for, like, free HD TV with an antenna? Yeah. I know. Totally. Well, even now, if you have... Everybody has Netflix or Hulu. Don't they notice? Why wow, this looks a lot better than my cable package? It's because it's in HD. Come on. Uh. A bill, Creed. Yes. Super excited about Creed. It's basically yeah. a Rocky movie, but with Michael B. Jordan playing Apollo Creed's son. Brilliant idea, I think. 
Yeah, and it's uh, from the same guys that did the Fruitvale Station film with him. Yeah, uh, which I've seen only the end over my shoulder going, what is this depressing movie? Yeah, really. She's like, Fruitvale Station. Why did Tree shoot that poor boy? No, it's more like this, Bill. (laughs) It's Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) Oh, I heard about this. Oh, I know why she's crying. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Rave reviews, you know, Sylvester Stallone's going to win the Academy Award for this. I can yeah, already right. predict it. I'm serious, Bill. He is. You don't Did think he, so? He was going to win the Academy Award for Copland, too. See you soon, you sly devil. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Copland is just okay. Yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's got a lot of great actors in it, and you it's like Pulp Fiction. You're like, oh my god, this is like going to be another Pulp Fiction. It's not really like that. It's okay. It's an indie movie, I guess, kind of. Um, it's got a sequence with where, which I think is funny when it happens in movies now. It, it's a trope. When someone is deafened, and all you hear is... Yeah. Like during a oh, oh, uh, action scene, oh, I can't hear. Oh, everything's muffled. You're like, dude, we've seen it before. <laughs> and here's another uh, one thing I realized was a major trope, and I saw it in something that rolled my eyes was, you're not asking the right questions. It's like, shut up. When, when did that start? Because now nobody asks the right questions and they have to be told that you're not asking the right questions. <laughs> Am I right? Is that a need total to move this story along? <laughs> yeah, it was iRobot that was used yeah, a lot. You're not asking the right questions. Or even Lawnmower Man, yeah. you're not asking the right Shut up! Then just tell me the answer if I don't you know what I want to know. <laughs> tell me what I need to know, Cybo Man. Cybo Man! Freaking tell me the answer of the question. I don't even know what I'm trying to ask. Like, what is the point to this movie? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Bill, why don't we do some DVDs. Yeah, because my throat's killing me, and I hard—I didn't even really talk that much. <laughs> All right, Bill, let's do some DVDs. What do you say? Right, I'll let you find it. them real quick. Actually, let's see. The feed is going to end in five minutes, so we're good. So you want to do some DVDs? Yeah, let's do them. All right. Steven, you want to do some DVDs? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Ow! Let's do some DVDs. Let's do some DVDs. 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 <laughs> DVDs. HD. Blu-ray. Standard definition. <laughs> no one turns. DVDs. Oh, hell yes. The DVDs, everyone. I was afraid baby was going to lick me. Ooh, when I was... ninja star to the head. Ow. I'm just going just to chill out. DVDs. <laughs> I got nothing left in the tank. <laughs> well, I thought Baby was going to jump up and lick me in the face, too, at the she same time. She just grabs you by the throat. <laughs> she loves HD Blu-ray. I never should have shown Baby the gray. Oh, She's my like, God. I want to do that. You look like Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Qui-Gon. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Bill... 
Why don't we have the DVDs this week? And I'll probably cut you off to tell you I'm restarting the feed. Let's go. All right, no problem. Uh, DVDs for November 24th, 2015, starting out with the classic with Paul Hogan and Linda Kozlowski, Almost an Angel on Blu-ray. I was like, okay, Crocodile Dundee, but (laughs) Almost an Angel. That's a wall of room, mate. Yes, Almost an Angel, uh, also starring Elias Cotis, or Cotiers. Well, how did you pronounce his name? Elias Cotius, I think. Elias Cotius. Or just call him Casey Jones. Casey Jones, exactly. That's where I was going. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, Almost an Angel, a movie I sadly own still to this day on Laserdisc. Uh, because my dad loved this movie. It's amazing. Yeah, I bet it's good. (laughs) So awful. Yeah. Who was that? There were some comedians. Heather could tell me this immediately, but I can't remember. That told the story of writing Crocodile Dundee 3. And they wrote it it for... That was the one in Hollywood, right? I think so. And uh, Paul Hogan took their names off it and just wrote his, he basically (laughs) didn't give them any credit for it. And they were like, should we be pissed? Do we want anyone to know we've wrote this? (laughs) Cause it's a piece of shit. I can't remember. Crocodile Dundee three collision course. But that bummed me out because I realized he's kind of a piece of shit. Isn't he? If you take credit for somebody else's work, you're a piece of shit. Well, the fact that he took credit for a piece of shit is kind of meta. Yeah, uh, it's kind of desperate, isn't it? Yeah, the movie's so bad. Yeah, what I was just, it? The, the second one where the gangsters are after him and he leads him back to the outback where yeah. he's in his own element now. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it was even called Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Where's he at? You in Australia or New York? No. No, mate. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, or whatever. It's so funny in that MST with the uh, alien from LA, the guy who's in Atlantis, he's like, I, you know, he's like, I'm from Australia. <laughs> they keep making <laughs> Australian jokes of that. He's like, on this scene, I'm not Australian. I have no accent. Oh, wait, my accent's back, or whatever. It's just pretty funny. Yeah, okay, so th- almost an angel. Okay, Bill, the feed is now ending. Right. 18, 17. 16, 15, 14. Is there, is there a bomb that's going to drop? Oh, you know it. 9, 8, 7, 6, uh, 3, 2, 1. Right. I can't hear you. I got this big ooh, noise in my ear. <laughs> You're not asking the right question, Stephen. All right, Bill. What is our next DVD or Blu-ray? Uh, next is American Ultra on Blu-ray. Oh, uh, I heard Max that Landis was film. Yeah, I heard that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really want to see it. Uh, in fact, we were just talking about it the other day, uh, wanting to see it. So I'm I'm excited that it's coming out on Tuesday. My uh, in-laws, Heather's parents loved it. it was oh fun. wow! Yeah, it was good. I saw it. Oh, Stephen saw it. 
All right, so that's uh, that's that's that. That's uh, what three, else do we have here? Three positive reviews right there, Bill. How could you not see? Yeah, that? I'm not. I can't pass that up. Um, next on Blu-ray, we have uh, At First Sight from 1999 because that needed to be in HD. Is Bill? Is that the movie with? Val Kilmer, where he's blind and he gets his vision back. He does, yes. That is such a romantic movie. So romantic. Get out of my sight. I want to see you. <laughs> Heather uh, and I, we, that was one of those evenings where we're like, let's see a movie. No, let's just go home. Let's watch something at home. Oh, wait, out of sight. Hey, let's just buy this and take it home. I own the DVD, Bill. Wait. Out of sight or at first sight? I own both of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the, the George Clooney one and the Val Kilmer one. <laughs> Is that the... It was so funny, uh, you know, because in the movie, he's a blind guy who wants to play hockey or he plays hockey or whatever. And it made me think about... I was talking to my dad about... In Marco Polo, there's a blind warrior guy. He's a f- badass martial artist, but he's blind. And I go, and you know, it reminded me of like something I would have asked him when I was a little kid. And he made me feel really stupid, you know, like for asking, but I go, wow, are there people in real life, blind people who can do stuff like that? And my dad goes, what do you think? And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I'm sorry. I asked. <laughs> But they all can't be Zatoichi, son. Excuse me, he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> a gay blind So you're sword. telling me there's no one like Blind Fury, Rudger Hauer, Blind Samurai? I'm totally... That's depressing. If there isn't, the world is a sad place. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've even heard in uh, the next Star Wars movie, uh, Rogue One, Blind Jedi is what I hear. Nice. How badass is that? I'm going to ask my dad, could there really be a blind Jedi? What do you think? <laughs> it's like, God, you don't have to make me feel stupid. <laughs> oh, parents of our, our particular generation really knew how to interact with their children. You're always the stupid idiot. You take lessons. So I, I told lessons. you not to be stupid, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, what's the next... Uh... All right. Uh, next, we have Tell Natalie to keep it down in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She got a flu shot yesterday. You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine. Yeah, she got a flu shot yesterday, and now I think she has the flu. Oh man. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the flu shot for you. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, next, we have Mr. Saturday Night on Blu-ray. But Billy Crystal! Yeah, I never, I'll never forget, I went to see this in the theater with my dad. Dude, I saw this in the theater with my dad! <laughs> yeah, and I just remember, like, man, I thought this was supposed to be funny. <laughs> and it was, it's, it's probably one of the world's most depressing films. This is, I'm not kidding, when they say Vanity Project, this oh, is God, a yeah. Billy Crystal Vanity Project. And there is one part that I thought was funny early in the movie when he's an old man and he's making, like, a Depends commercial. Yeah. And he's really frustrated and he goes... 
I just dropped two crab cakes in my shorts or something. And they're like, cut. Because he's being belligerent. But that part made me laugh. But And that's about it. Mr. Uh, Saturday the- Night. That's a long drop. Uh, the rest of the movie is just Billy Crystal and David Pamer arguing and trying to steal each other's girlfriends. That's right. It's- but it's not as bad as My Giant, though. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, the giant couldn't even speak English in that one. Yeah, so, that was bad. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's not as bad, but this is still pretty awful. Uh, all right, moving on. No escape on Blu-ray. Oh, I love No Escape. No Escape. Ray Liotta, man, that's a badass movie. No, actually, this is the the newest one with uh, uh, Owen Wilson and Lake Bell. Wait, Ray Liotta's not even in it? (laughs) I don't think so, but Pierce Brosnan is, if that makes up for it. Is Pierce Brosnan a good guy or a bad guy? I think he's a bad guy. Oh, what a jerk. He's holding a gun on the cover, so I think that's kind of a tip-off. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait i you know what's funny is i saw that cover and i wondered okay is he friends with owen wilson but in owen wilson's got his family he's got to protect him and pierce brosnan's like you stay here i'm gonna hold these bad guys off <laughs> yeah, right. or is he like no get back here owen wilson i'm gonna kill you you can't escape and Owen Wilson is like, but I live here. And he's like, then maybe you shouldn't be living here. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite Pierce Brosnan drop ever. <laughs> that was well played. Uh, all right. Next that. we have Ricky and the Flash. Oh, it's uh, like Benny and the Jets, Ricky and the Flash. It's another well, Elton John song. It's like a sequel. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Meryl Streep and uh, uh, Kevin Klein in a Jonathan Demi film written by Diablo Cody. All right. It sounds like a uh, recipe for hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, look at that. Sebastian stands in this. Yay, the Winter Soldier. He is the Winter Soldier in this film. Winter Soldier. Um, it's almost like wintergreen, only smokier. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and the cover is telling us that Meryl Streep is at her absolute best, and that Pete oh. Hammond knows what he's talking about. Yes, he does. Is he like, it's like a rush of blood to the head? <laughs> yes. It's like the best Coldplay album you've ever heard. Uh, next, we have Sean the Sheep movie. I'm sorry, Bill, Blu-ray. what was that? Sean the Sheep? Sean the Sheep? Yeah, I do. I know somebody you saw this, and that is Emma. And she oh, yeah. said that it was so adorable. Well, that's she something. stuff with meat and barley. Oh, my God. Do they turn Sean the Sheep into haggis at the end? Well, that's if it was anything like Chicken shots. Run, I would have to assume so. I love that Ardman animation, though. It is awesome. You know what? I've always found it creepy. 
<laughs> something about the eyes and the mouths and dun, just... dun, 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 dun. I've always slightly unsettled anytime I watch an Ardman short or film. You don't like Wallace and Gromit, dude? I'm not a huge Wallace and Gromit fan. Dude, what the hell, man? I know, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and finally, uh, saving the best for last, we have Trancers 3 Death Lives on Blu-ray. What? Tim Thomerson? Are He's you... back for the third time. What year was this made, Trancers? 1992. Oh, you know it's good. That means it's good. Yeah, it's got Helen Hunt in it. What? What the hell is Helen Hunt doing in it? <laughs> had to be one of her first films. This had to be pre-Mad About You, pre-Twister. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. You know what's so funny is last weekend, I'm not kidding, last Friday when I knew we weren't doing a show, I was trying to write, having a hard time, and, hey, Twister's on. I'm going to watch Twister. And I forgot, and I started cracking up. Remember, Van Halen did a song for Twister, oh, and there's God. a part where it kicks up in the movie, and it works and it's supposed to be badass. By the way, Philip Seymour Hoffman's worst role in a movie ever. <laughs> he plays this guy named Dusty who cranks up tunes from the loudspeaker of his Storm Chaser truck. There's a part at the end where Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton are in the tornado. They're like in the eye of the tornado. The storm chasers have no idea if they're alive or dead. So they're going to look for them. But here's Dusty driving up, cranking his tune, still rocking out like, hey, my friends may be dead, but I'm going to rock out, you know? <laughs> no, he waited to turn it on until he could see they were both alive attached like, to that pipe you- in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> they look up. That movie is so god-awful. When I saw Michael Crichton wrote it, I was like, what? But then I thought, paycheck, right? Yep, exactly. And I got to admit, man, I watch it whenever it's on, and I kind of laugh. But the worst part of the whole movie, though, is when... Okay, first of all, Jamie Gertz's character is god-awful in the movie right Yeah, just yeah. painful she's supposed to be us the character who's not around storm tracers so they're showing her everything so we're like oh i'm learning here right and instead she's like this is dangerous there's a part they're talking about yeah f3s that's pretty bad or what about an f4 and they're all eating and she goes but what about an f5 and hush over the room oh. everyone stop you hear forks drop and they're like that's like an act of God. Or we know the guy goes, finger of God. And it's just like, whoa. And immediately then, movie 101, what are we going to see at the end of the movie, Stephen? An F5. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And you'd survive with a leather belt around a pipe. Yeah, there's no boards or nails flying around or rocks. No. Nothing that can hurt you. Well, you know, the the eye of the tornado pulls that stuff away. Do you guys remember this song? Shine on, shine on. Remember, it was a Van Hagar song, right? Mm. That shit is dope, yo. <laughs> remember, <laughs> Carrie Elwes is the evil storm chaser remember that he oh, like, yeah and he gets killed he gets killed and i was like do they really need to kill the guy that's how bad a, 
uh, storm chaser he is that he deserves to die in the movie. Oh, it, it brought it brought gravitas to the screenplay. Oh, by the way, we did the thing where we took Baby to the dog thing, and I let Heather do it. Talk about the you know what. Oh, expressing the uh, the bumhole. <laughs> yeah. That was her exact words. Please, please bumhole, express yourself. Express yourself. That's <laughs> what Madonna's talking about. Yeah. She's talking, talking about, about anal glands. Beagles and anal glands. Oh dear, <laughs> uh, Stephen, we've gone too far, haven't we? <laughs> too far. <laughs> you sir are out of line. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. What, what is the bot? All right, Bill. Any more movies? That's it. Any more uh, features? <laughs> no more stories. No more stories. No more nothing. And guys, you should all watch uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix. But I did complete Aziz Ansari's uh, series called Master of None, which is hilarious. It's really, really good. Also, uh, Casual, it's a Jason Reitman, I believe, production on Hulu is pretty fantastic, too. You ought to watch that, Bill. What's funny about that is Hulu, they have a lot of their own, you know, their own productions. But this one has profanity, nudity. It's like an HBO. It's like something that would be on HBO, but it's on Hulu. And it kind of threw me aback, you know. Oh, nice. Took me aback. What is the saying? There was a... Took me aback. Yeah, took you back. Do 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 do. Yeah, there was a great interview with uh, uh, Ansari and his writing co-partner on Fresh Air this week that I heard. I heard that too. Yeah. Uh, so, and they they even talked a little bit about uh, uh, Whittles, uh, the guy that uh, passed away. Yeah. Uh, that was a writer, and I guess he was one of the head writers on the show. So that was really difficult for them to uh, deal with. He was one of the writers on Parks and Rec, and that's how he was good friends with them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, a dedication there. But there's some really strong episodes about things that uh, one of them is being an Indian actor and how every production wants you to be this kind of Indian actor, you know, and he's just like, no. the Fisher-Stevens syndrome. Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing it. And there's that funny thing on Conan Conan, where Johnny Five comes out to talk to Aziz. (laughs) Did you guys watch that? Yeah. I thought it was so funny. And he's like, well, what if uh, I saw a robot and I assumed you went boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And he goes, oh, that's offensive. (laughs) He's like, oh, now I understand. (laughs) Fisher Stevens. Yeah, that when you watch that, there's a part. Do you guys remember He's when? He's very creepy looking now. Ashton Kutcher did that commercial where he was an Indian guy and he was painted and brown faced. Do you guys remember that? No. Oh, oh my god! And the whole Indian community was like, "Okay, hello, racist! What the hell, man? This is just as bad as blackface." But no one thinks of Indian people. But the, I'm sorry, a long time ago, I hated when people do Indian accents. It's not because I was offended racially or whatever, but maybe I should have been, but it was that <laughs> maybe I it's been. such a low common denominator impression that the only thing worse than doing your Indian Apu voice is doing Cartman from South Park. 
And what's so funny, I'm serious. This is like something that I've thought for a long time. I knew someone who did Cartman all the time, and I hated it so much. There's a character who does Cartman to the disgust of Aziz Ansari's character. And I was like, oh, my God. So there's... There's the Indian voice and the Cartman. So if you can do a Cartman voice and an Indian guy, you're not a master and impressionist, okay? You know, <laughs> like, stop trying to impress everybody. But it's so funny that that's the kind of thing that's in her. It's called The that's Master awesome. I need to watch that. But, yeah, I can't wait to watch some Jessica Jones over the uh, Thanksgiving break. And, of course, I can't wait to eat some uh, dressing. Some ham. Go over this all the time. Some glazed ham. Ham? No, not ham. Here's what I... I've never been a ham guy on Thanksgiving. Here's here's what I like on Thanksgiving. Seriously. The turkey's fine. Dark meat. I like dark meat, okay? Yeah. Mashed potatoes, corn, a shitload of dressing. Like, a lot. Pile it on. Gravy all over it. And then some buttered rolls. I don't dig the yams or the... What do you call the... The, um... The... The purple stuff. What is that called? The cranberry sauce. cranberry sauce. The no. purple stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'll I'll eat maybe like a little scoop of the uh, green bean casserole. You know, mm-hmm. depends on how much like sour cream or something they put in it. Sometimes there's too much like creamy stuff in there. Like they overdo it. You know. In what? Uh, green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's cream. It's cream and mushroom soup. Normally. How do you, how do you feel about that, Bill? The I beans. love. Green bean casserole. I, I if it's done right, you know. If it's done right, yeah. If it's too when, watery, when I get kind of grossed out. We worked at MJ's uh-huh. back in the day. I don't know if you were there or not, but Terry bought green bean casserole. <laughs> our manager. Yeah. And I swear, it. She was a, a just a habitual smoker, just a, and it oh, tasted God. like cigarettes. Uh, 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 it just, it just she had ash in it, oh, or I don't know. Any good green bean casserole needs it's a little like cigarette there's ash. So much smoke where she lives, everything <laughs> yeah. probably smelled like oh cigarettes. Everything smelled like cigarettes. Like if you, she made you a sandwich, you'd be like, oh, this tastes like an ashtray blown. Like, like it even permeates the freezer. So much cigarette smoke. It's like, and you, you eat it because she's sitting there with you at the table. It's like. No, that's when you go, this tastes like an ashtray. You know what I think is weird about Thanksgiving, though? When you load up on the food and you want to sit down and eat, but you're seeing all family that you haven't seen for a year or whatever. Everyone wants to talk to you, and you're trying to eat at the same time, and you're like, okay, what? We can talk after. Shut up, I'm eating. Put my arm to guard my food. (laughs) Prison style. Uh, My family does that where... We all we all only ever get together on one holiday. You know, there's people cho- choose whether it'll be Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you you all sit around the table and then silently judge one another and gossip about them <laughs> for the next year. And that's pretty much what family gatherings are for my family. Oh man, Vanessa's favorite thing to do. Okay, this is I'm not trying to air any dirty laundry in my family, but. My aunt is on my mother's side of the family. When my parents got divorced, naturally there are members of my mother's family that no longer cared for my father, right? right? Sure. So 
It's cut to years later. I'm friggin' 44 years old, all right? That shit is water under the bridge because I was like seven when my parents got divorced, okay? Mm -hmm. So Vanessa knows that my Aunt Vicky, who is my mom's younger sister, does not care for my dad. So she's like, how do I relate to my aunt? I'll talk shit about my dad the entire time. Oh, my God. So every year without fail, I'll listen. I'll go, wait, wait. Yeah, and then my dad, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's doing it again. Every time <laughs> she starts in on the bashing my dad to my uh, aunt. What the fuck? <laughs> this is baby chiming in on the story. Where's the mashed potatoes? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, without fail, and I remember telling Heather about it, like, five years ago, and now she goes, Jason, Jason, she'll, and I'll go, what, what? Because I'm talking to somebody, she goes, she's doing it. She's doing it. <laughs> and I'll go, and I'll, like, listen, and she's like, yeah, and then my dad said, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's always the same exact stories about sure. something my dad did when she was eight years old, like where Laura got straight A's and so did Vanessa. Laura was praised. He said nothing to Vanessa or something like that. And, but it's just like, dude, move on. Come on. Are you kidding me? And she – first of all, there was a time where – um you know, after this is too much personal stuff, but <laughs> just air it out. Get it out. Vanessa will not talk to my dad. She hasn't talked to him. And I'm pretty sure it's been like six years or something. Oh, yeah. That's, but I have the same thing in my family. My, but no, my, my she, youngest sister she, won't talk to my dad. She does talk to him, like, say, if it's Christmas at Laura's or something. But it's very, like, about nothing kind of conversation. But she will not talk to him during the year like, hey, dad, how's it going? Or, hey, what's going on with you? None of that kind of talk. It's literally on one day a year, right? Which wow. is shit you'll regret when uh, one of those people passes away, right? Like, it's a shame we didn't patch things up. But she prides herself on holding grudges. Like, well, I hold grudges forever. It's like... Yeah, that's not really, like, something it's you should healthy. have pride about. That's not terribly healthy. It means you're, like, incredibly unreasonable in your life, you know? And I've always had this imaginary blow-up in front of my family, which will never happen. But it's just <laughs> like, everyone in this room has made a mistake in their life. Why can't you get over some mistake this person has gone? Why do you have to keep bringing it up? You've made terrible mistakes in your life. Guess what? I don't need to bring this shit up every year. You don't need to bring it up. You don't want anyone to bring it up. So why do you need to bring it up about somebody else? You exactly. know? And that's my imaginary conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll happen one year. And You'll like, finally get tired. I've had enough of this shit. I'm not coming back next year. Unless you make more mashed potatoes, we run out every year. There's not enough. I'm only coming if you put a separate container of stuffing aside for me so yeah. that I can take it with me when you piss me off. Here, here's another thing. If we're going to talk about like uh, pet peeves now, it's wonderful for my family to invite us over every year for Thanksgiving. But they tell us to be there at one o'clock, which is mm -hmm. fine, which is great. But they eat at noon. 
So by the time we get there, they're done eating because it's not going to be overcrowded in the kitchen. But what happened to the everybody eating together thing? Right. They don't have that. It's Nobody like, eats together anymore. Nobody does, do they? We do. My family does. I know that drives Heather Yeah, crazy. well, that's because your family's perfect, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the freaking Walton's over here. No, but at, when we go to after Thanksgiving at Vicky's, we'll go to Heather's mom's and she will make something, uh, you know, wonderful. And uh, we all eat at the same time. And now baby's there trying to get everyone's food and it's real cute and everything. And then she does her breathing thing and people are like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> then everyone <laughs> vomits all when, table. When Heather's brother was married before and they were like, you know, we're going to do Thanksgiving in our house. <laughs> and so they would do thanksgiving and i go hey where's the stuffing where's the the dressing or whatever where's you want the to call turkey it? what turkey and then her yeah, brother exactly her brother says i'm not kidding oh i hate that i'm like what do you mean you hate it because oh, i i can't stand stuffing i'm like so you didn't make any no you do realize you invited other people to your house for Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. You provide it for other people. It's a Thanksgiving staple, right? Yes. You didn't bring any. See, I, mean, I didn't I'm, make any. I'm not a fan of stuffing, but if I was having it at my house. What? <laughs> I just don't care for it. Son of a bitch. Can you? Well, more for me, but, right? Right. And But it's. At my house, when we, you know, when I have a Thanksgiving, there it's going to be there. Yeah. If you had Thanksgiving at your house but for everybody, would you prepare it though? If no, if I was hosting it, yes. See, no, you that, there you go. Don't lie. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> Don't lie. You would not, Steve. You're the lying. One that, the one day we always run out of the deviled eggs that I love. Where's the mashed <laughs> potatoes. Deviled eggs on I Thanksgiving. Love Yes. Don't you guys think it's bullshit if you run out of mashed potatoes, though? Shouldn't there be, like, three? There should always be enough mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. mashed potatoes. That's my stuffing, is I like mashed potatoes. And here's another thing that, like, okay, when you guys, I don't know, do you eat at your parents or grandparents or whatever? Do you oh, say, I haven't in years, but when I was a kid, we did. Do they say, all right, everybody, leftovers, take what you want? Do yes. they do that? Mm-hmm. Dude, Vanessa is like loading up for a month's worth of food. And I'm like, dude, what are you? No. Leave the stuffing. <laughs> that's mine. You, you know. take stuffing for another meal or two. And that's fine. She can take it. You know, I don't want my aunt to have all these leftovers she's never going to eat. Food shouldn't be wasted. But don't take all the shit before I get to look at it. All right? You know? Dude, my aunt and cousin are notorious for doing this, but they do it when no one's looking. So the food will just magically disappear. Like, and everybody will be like, what happened to the, where's the leftovers? <laughs> like, wait, had they packed like, it up secretly while people yeah, were in the other room? The because they don't want hidden. people to see them doing it. Ah. I don't know if it's like a food shames thing or what. I noticed you called her your aunt because I've heard, you know, some people call it your aunt or your aunt. Is it because when you were little, she corrected you? No, I'm your aunt. No, it's because Natalie says aunt and oh. I've got used to it. Did you do it like sarcastically? 
No, no, I've actually gotten used to saying aunt instead of aunt. Because, you know, when it, when I was a kid, this isn't like a racist thing, maybe it is, whenever I had black friends, they always called their aunt their aunt or their yeah. auntie. Auntie, and I, yeah. And I remember being a kid going, hey, that's a black thing. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't realize if it's, you know. Remember, I didn't know what a hooker was, okay? So I was just curious, you know. But no, I, technically. Maybe an aunt's like a hooker. I don't it know. looks like an aunt, but <laughs> aunt everyone says, my aunt, my auntie. Okay, let's talk. Before we end the show, I want to bring this up. Okay, everyone has names for their grandparents, like Momo, Mimi, Yoko, whatever. Mine, <laughs> mine was always Grandma. And granddaddy, okay? Which, it's fine. You know, everyone, I'm not being a snob or whatever, but some people have the most ridiculous names for their grandparents. When you get older, should you just call them grandmother or grandfather? What do you think? No, I I absolutely agree. For me, it's always been grandma and grandpa. But I've heard uh, nanny. I've heard... uh, Wait, what? Nana and Pa. Nana and Pa for Natalie. Uh, yeah, that's I, fine. Yeah, yeah I did, but I did, uh, uh, Granny and Papa and Grandma and Papa. Grandpa. What about like uh, Momo? My Momo, Momo. and I'm just like, no. shut up. <laughs> I've never heard Momo in my life. I have. Or like, yeah, my my Papa was Papa till he died. I yeah. never, you know, was in. But uh, it, yeah, that was. What about Peepaw? I've heard Peepaw before. Uh, that's why I try to get my my brother's grandchildren to call him Peepaw. Peepaw, my. I'm not. Or what my brother the, was mad. He goes, "They're not calling me that." I am not Grandma. I'm Betty. He's I'm like, Betty. oh, I got to call my grandma by her name. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a grandmother. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you are. Regardless <laughs> of namesake, you you're a grandma. Because I'm your grandson. And now I'm going to talk shit about your son. Oh, wait. That's the other way around. So, anyway, I'll give you guys an update when the shit talking starts. But <laughs> it's so funny. You text me when it starts. Uh, it yeah, yeah, I just want to go, hey, can I, can I play you side for a second? Yeah, what's wrong? I want to know if it's a record time. Try to get through this Thanksgiving without mentioning our father. <laughs> because he's our dad. Yeah, and you should have more respect for your family members. I'm not saying like praise him or anything. I'm just saying don't talk about him. Don't don't talk shit about him in order to get into someone's good graces to our aunt. Okay, because it's just it's. I'm gonna just say it's pathetic. Oh really? No, that's imaginary. There's no understanding it yeah, all. Yeah, no oh, way. now I get what you're saying. There's none of that. But anyway, <laughs> that was out of line. I shouldn't have brought any of this up, Steven. Oh, you're in Too late. Now. I'm in big trouble. I'm in trouble now. Your dad listens to this. He's going to call Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, not a chance in heaven. Yeah, that's not happening. You know what's, what's interesting about my dad tomorrow, and I'm so happy for him. You know, my dad's been, uh, uh, you know, I need to bring that up, but he's been married more than once. <laughs> he uh, he's gotten back in touch via Facebook with his girlfriend when he was, when she was they were like in their teens. Wow. And, uh, 
she has, you know, had her marriages or whatever. I don't know how many marriages she's had. I'm just saying she's not in a relationship anymore. Are she they has, competing? Like, how many marriages <laughs> have I had versus no, no. how many marriages she, have you I'm had? She has grown children. My dad has grown children. Uh, and now tomorrow they're going to meet in face-to-face. And wow. he's real excited about it. And I think that's really neat. Can you imagine when you're, like, 17 years old, your girlfriend meeting on facebook way later hey let's get together or whatever and it's just it's interesting so i'm excited for him that's awesome and it's funny he goes we have so many things in common we have the same taste in music and movies and politics and i was like whoa time out please don't tell me you're talking about politics please no that's a recipe for disaster (laughs) whenever my dad starts talking about politics i'm like and my, my hearing has shut off, and I'm just thinking about other things. <laughs> what did I – did I leave the iron on? Uh, whatever. So, Bill and Steven, thank you so much. I have had a great time talking to you guys. It's good to be back. Yes, it is. I, uh, my throat hurts so bad I can't even tell you. <laughs> it actually hurts, too. I've mine, like... mine hurt the past two weeks. I talked so much uh, at work. You Were know, you like, no, this one goes here, right. that one goes there. You were doing a Han Solo to Chewy, basically, to these people. Yeah. You were fixing a hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon. And, I, and I'm talking shit about the people I'm working with constantly. By the way, can you guys believe a new Star Wars movie comes out, like, how many days? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I can't wait. They keep, like, saying new footage. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go see the movie. You know? Yeah. At this point, I'm not even looking at any of the the new footage. I just want to go to the movie. Yeah. You know what? You guys sold me. I'm going to go see it now, okay? Yep. Disney's like, no, no, no. We got to release more footage. They may not be sold yet. You know, we gotta gotta show them a little bit more. I don't know if the going to buy tickets yet. Did no you one see kno- the weird dude who bought all the tickets to the theater so he could see it alone. <laughs> Is that happened? His name his name was Steven Sis. Twenty one hundred dollars in tickets so he could see it alone. Steven, that's just too you know antisocial. <laughs> I will see this alone. <laughs> I want to know, guys, no C-3PO in the trailers. I'm thinking he's a Sith Lord in the new I think I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think C-3PO isn't in the trailers. He's obviously evil. He's pulling the strings, and guess what? He was pulling them all along. I think his uh, bolts have rusted out. <laughs> he was pulling the flamboyant strings the entire yep, time. There's no George R. Binks in the trailer either. I think he's a Sith Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, there's one of those things like... I know, I saw those, uh, And I'm just like, not clicking on it. Just shut up. It's just like... Guess what, guys? Daniel LaRusso. He was the bully. Watch this video. He was not. It's it's so like no. It's not even clever. Shut That's up. The world's worst viral video. It is. It stop making viral videos that don't deserve it because that didn't deserve it. No, no, that Karate Kid thing was just, that was painful. That made me zero ex- sense. It wasn't funny. It reminded me exactly of the Green Lantern starring Nathan Philly on fan-made trailer. Everyone's like, this is incredible. Watch this. It's like, it sucks. It is not incredible. And remember when they had, before the Star Wars teaser came out last Thanksgiving or whatever, um, they had a fake Star Wars trailer leaked. You know, where some fan made, and I saw people going, 
the fake fan made trailer was better than the real one. I was like, you're high. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it wasn't. You know, I'm, I like Mike better than Joel. Oh, no, we're back on this again. Oh, Jesus. I hate your dad. What? You're talking <laughs> shit about my dad? I hate stuffing, too. Steven, no! <laughs> your dad, dad did that thing when you were young. It pissed you off. <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? No! What do you think? <laughs> You're not think asking the right question. Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa just brings in a basket full of her clothes, and she dumps it all out. It's like, what? All your dirty laundry everywhere. Why? Okay. It's time to end the show, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. This has been episode 25 of Entertainment Landfill. Just remember, ETL, the T stands for what, Steven? Entertainment. No. (laughs) Bill, what does the T stand for in ETL? Entertainment? No, it stands for Tiberius. Entertainment Tiberius Landfill. Come on, guys. So, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, where the hell did I put my phone? Oh, yeah, I think I left it in the other room. But, anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> I was like going to pick up my phone and I was like, it's gone. So go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com. There you can find a link to every single one of our shows, including the worst of Cake Boss. If you're flying to, like, say, New Zealand sometime (laughs) soon, uh, some kind of eight-hour flight, maybe, like, to the Orient, um, uh, Australia... I don't know. How long is it to get to Japan? I don't know. It's probably 12-plus hours, yeah. you got a lot of time. If you you could listen to the worst of Cake Boss, and when it, right when it ends, it's like, and the landing gears go down. You're like, Den- holy shit, this from, just filled the whole from flight. From Denver to Anchorage is eight hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steven, or Bill, you guys want to drive from Denver to Anchorage? No, listen to the worst of Cake Boss. Oh, fly. I, um, I don't want to go to Anchorage. <laughs> <laughs> but, guys, seriously, uh, check out all of our old shows. Send us any feedback at nimpodcast at gmail.com. Adam Sexton, thank you so much. He always gives great feedback. We love it, guys. It fuels the beast. It fuels the show. Uh, Tell us what you think, man. We love it. Also, send us a voicemail at uh, 1-206. Shit, I don't remember. What is it, guys? I don't remember. 1-206-309-4729. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so send us a voicemail, or, you know, you can attach it in a file to uh, an email. Could do that. But, Stephen and Bill, you guys have fantastic Thanksgivings, man. You too. Save all of your stuffing and send it to me. You can have I'll put it in an envelope and mail it to you. I'll food saver it. Can I tell you there's nothing better than Friday morning? I literally, for breakfast, I have leftovers with stuffing in it. Heather makes it for me, and I'm sitting there like, bring it to me. (laughs) She's like, yes. Here you go. Back away. You're too close to me. More. Yes, yes. I'm so sorry. Uh, Refill my goblet. Yes, that's right. I drink out of a goblet when I'm being served my food. It's your pimp cup. (laughs) Fill it with more pimp juice. Or, as I like to call it, Mr. Pib. <laughs> Mr. Pib juice. Mr. Pib. 
Oh my god, Pib Juice. That's what they should change the name. (laughs) Mr. Pib should be changed to Pib Juice. But uh, I remember last year, Thanksgiving, I got sick with the flu. And it sucked ass. I want to stay stuffing. I want to stay healthy. Okay? So everyone send me your positive thoughts that I will stay healthy throughout Thanksgiving. Because I already am losing my voice. (laughs) No. No. You will stay healthy. You will enjoy all the stuffing. Positive thoughts my way, guys. Positive thoughts my way. And, Bill, I know you want to go. I'm so sorry I keep talking. No, it's fine. (laughs) We've got to get back. We've got to gas it. No! One more thing before we go, guys. Uh, You know, I haven't talked to you guys in a while, but I was actually listening to the audio book of Will Wheaton's, uh, what is it called? Uh, Armada? No, no. No, it's actually his book. It's uh, Be a Geek or I'm a Geek. Just a Geek. Just Just a a geek. Geek. That's it. And I find it very interesting and insightful his early years when he quit the next generation, how just uh, he was in a bad place and he hated his life. And I thought it was very interesting because he's been talking a lot lately about uh, he's suffering from depression and he's very insecure and he at times he hates himself and he second guesses everything he does. And I'm like, my God, he is one of us. It's not all the nerd stuff. It's all the insecurity, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, I, I can relate to him more. And I just want to say, believe it or not. OK, yes, I know. I didn't think his show was very good on sci fi. Right. And probably there's probably a lot of network meddling and he was trying to fit a demographic that was just impossible because you can't do what you want to do. You have to um, make a lot of uh, what do you call it when you uh, give in a lot. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. (laughs) Pandering. Yeah. But I wanted to say he is doing a podcast that I just stumbled upon called TV Crimes with uh, another guy named Mikey Newman. And uh, I guess he's like a video game producer, but they watch old bad TV shows, like a certain episode, like Baywatch Nights, Family Ties, 90210, uh, Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God. And you can, the episodes, every episode that they watch is also on YouTube, so you can watch it and then listen to the show. And they basically just, it's actually a brilliant idea for a podcast where they watch something some bad sitcom or whatever, uh, and then talk about it on that episode. And it's called TV crimes. Cause you either are condemning it by the end or you're speaking in, in its defense. And it's actually really funny and it cracks me up. So that's what I think he created this podcast, kind of like his creative energy funneled into this or something. <laughs> And uh, I recommend it. So watch or uh, listen to TV crimes, but you got to watch the show too on YouTube or something. All right. Because when they talk about thunder in paradise, it's so funny how un PC the show is, you know, and just how God awful that. Show. Remember that? That show? was the show where he had the gigantic yellow boat, right? The boat. It was like their version of Airwolf, like the yeah. super yeah. fast boat that had armor, CGI armor. They go. 
over it. And remember, it was Jack Lemon's son was the co-star, Chris Lemon. Oh, <laughs> and Carol Alt was in it too. And you know, of course, she's got to be in a skimpy outfit the yeah. whole time. And they filmed the whole thing. The whole show is filmed in uh, Orlando, Orlando, Disney, or- Orlando, yeah. and all the. You know how they have the Epcot, where the different areas that look like yeah. other countries. They're in those countries in the show, nice. like. <laughs> and literally, German town in what's Disney. What's so funny? The whole action sequence in it is the stunt show there. And they're doing the stunt show in the show with Hulk Hogan. It's oh, so goddamn awful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is so bad. But it makes me want to go to Disney World, though. It's like, that looks awesome. But I recommend that, I recommend that guys. But I've wasted enough of your time. Bill and Steven, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you guys for listening. Natalie, I hope you feel better. She's stumbling around the house. (laughs) Zell, thank you so much for listening. And everyone else, thank you for patronizing the show. I love you for that. I want to thank all of our patrons. And we haven't thanked them for a while. Should I do it real quick and then let's go? Sure. Sure. Bill's like, no, no, I can't speak. (laughs) No, seriously. We haven't thanked him for a while, so I want to thank Jason Swinchok, Xavier. Uh, you know who that is? Charles is Xavier. It's so cool. He's with the X-Men, but he loves our show. Adam Howard, Jennifer Morris, Derek Fidlin, Paul Ty, Tom Aresto, Steve Steinbach, Brian, Rick Lidster, Sean Uyoka, Hodor, John Waltz, Jason Pash, Ken Preventure. I'm wondering how Ken's doing right now and how quickly he can see Star Wars in Japan. Uh, <laughs> Kelly sure. Murray, isn't it's funny? I think summer. about Jenny, Bill Lochner, Cerule Meyer, Adam Sexton, Carl, Slade Bailey, Brandon, Nathena Lewis, and Kelly. It's so sad. I'm getting like dry through it while I'm saying this. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for patronizing the show. I love you guys. Uh, I'm just, I can't believe people listen to the show and I want to thank Adam Howard who has sent me so much awesome cake boss feedback that it's cracks me up. He'll like send me, you know, a text that says squirting my cake or something, you know, like <laughs> it's great. He lets me know when he's listening and it Is cracks he having me up. an envisionment at times. <laughs> yeah. My envisionment, but, uh, so much envisionment. What was that, Bill? (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, what are you waiting for? Go out there and watch some more TV, pop culture, play some video games, and we'll see you next time. Later. Bye. Bye.
casting. 